Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Start an army, you look to your blood, you look to your buddies, you look to your friends. There's only a couple guys in the whole world that make me love pro wrestling, and you're one of them. You know all the bad shit you've heard about us, it's all true. But another thing that's true is, we love professional wrestling, and that's why we're here. I'm not sports entertainment anymore. Talk to him, kid. This is our new beginning. And it starts tonight! A new day is dawning for DX! You know who you're talking to? Welcome everybody to X-Pac 12360. I'm your host, Sean X-Pac Waltman. And uh, as always, we have Jimbo on the couch. What's up, Sean? How you doing? I'm doing excellent, You man. look very dapper today I with feel, that tie. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> for our iTunes listeners, you should watch this uh, so you can see how dapper Sean looks. Oh, thank you. Anyways, we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah. Can you hear yourself? Yeah, I can hear myself okay. just fine. But yeah, we have a lot to talk about today, and to help us do that, uh, we have a guest here uh, sitting on the other side of TK. We have Ryan Satin from Pro Wrestling Sheet. Thank you so much for coming by, Ryan. Yeah, no, glad to be here. Uh, once everything went down this weekend, and you invited me on, I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm very interested to hear the full story, because, you know, I, I trust you're a good friend of mine, so I'm excited to, yeah. I'm interested to hear the full story of everything now. Yeah, well, but I brought you here also because I know you're pretty hard-hitting uh, bulldog wrestling journalist, <laughs> and that you're going to hammer me a little bit. I'm going to try I'm my best. I'm ready for it. Bring I'm going to try my best. So, uh, and, you know... You're sitting right next to the lovely TK Trinidad. Hello, hello. Nice to meet you in person. <laughs> I know, finally. Oh, you guys have never met. Yeah, Not in person. I, we've, we've talked a few times yeah. on the internet and things of that nature. I'll be darned. Like passing ships mm-hmm. in the night. I'll be darned. Anyways, uh, a little bit later, uh, we have an interview with uh, Johnny Mundo, aka John Morrison, and uh, he's going to talk about his new movie, Boone the Bounty Hunter. Which looks I can't. Amazing. I want to see it. Yeah, I, I really want to see it. Nick Houseman from uh, from WrestleZone actually uh, told me he saw it in Chicago at the screening, and he said it was excellent. I'm nice. bummed. I, the, there was a screening, last screening this Monday. weekend, right? Or Monday? Yeah, yeah, Monday. I'm bummed I missed it. I had a few other things I had to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, I had a couple things going on, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but, but before we get into what happened uh, this weekend, uh, TK, you got any news for us? I got some. I got a lot of news. Break it down. A lot. One, two, three, sixty. <laughs> wrestling news. All right. So there's a sh- new sheriff in town for the National Wrestling Alliance. Can you guess who it is? Um, Billy Corgan. <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 ding. I was gonna say Jim Hurd. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, Billy Corgan, he has agreed to purchase the legendary NWA. Um, the deal includes names, rights, trademarks, and um, the possession of the NWA title belt. Hmm. Ooh, 
the belt, he gets the belt too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, you know what he doesn't Ooh. have though, which I find interesting is what? the streaming. He doesn't have. He, he did not buy the streaming service that they have, or any kind of like tape library or anything like that. Oh. Is there a tape library? Well, the, the old classic like NWA stuff, you know, such like, as. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't have been watching back then, but there is stuff that the NWA filmed that, back in the yeah. day. Well, right? does that include all like before Championship Wrestling from Hollywood became Championship Wrestling from Hollywood? They were. NWA. So See, that's does that, the thing, does that, that include they, all their tapes? I don't believe and he bought any of like the sub companies or uh, anything like yeah. that. He strictly just, just the owns like the name NWA, okay. the main old school title that's been around for a while, and things of that nature. Uh, I mean, I understand what Billy's doing. He, you know, there's not a lot of people that love wrestling more than Bill, Billy Corbin. <laughs> yeah, and and just to have somebody like that that's trying to help wrestling and 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 I just it's it's great. I. I question, I question the, the the purchase though, man. Well, I'm interested in how Just much. Just start your actually, own thing, man. Well, that's yeah. what you would think. That's what I would think too. But if he got it for cheap, I mean, I can see if you get it on the cheap for cheap enough at least yeah. right. that at least there's some kind of name recognition. Because I've been racking my brain about this all week, you know. Because I've been thinking the same thing. Like, what if? If you're Billy Corgan, why wouldn't you just start a new company? Because he had Ref Pro, right? Wasn't that? Yeah, his but that company? wasn't his. That was the Baron Baron Brothers, and he oh, was just okay. involved. He was and, just like the yeah, face for I'm, them. I'm not sure exactly okay. what happened there, but uh, you know. And he's always kind of been off. in someone else's company, so you, yeah. and and it's and it's always ended up bad for him. You know, he's yeah. always wow. in the end been the one who gets screwed over. So you would think, like you said, he'd want to start his own company. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and like I've not talked to Billy in a while, so I'm not sure where his where his you know head is when it. Or it was when it came to that, and what his thinking was. So, uh, you know, I mean, there's uh, there's probably things we don't know about the deal, or you know, just things we don't we we. I'm sure there's things we don't know. And there is name rec- name value to it. Yeah. Like there is, if there's any company left that he could buy that has some sort of name value, at least he could he could in theory be like, you know, this is the title that Ric Flair held or Harley Race held yeah. and things of that nature. And if he did it on his own, he couldn't say that. So who did he buy it from? From Bruce Tharp? Yes. Okay. And I know I know Bruce. He, I like Bruce personally. Yeah. Um, and I I knew his dad actually. Chat <laughs> Chat used to work at the Sportatorium in Tampa in, for uh, Championship Wrestling from Florida. Nice. Yeah, and Bruce's brother uh, is a is a headhunter uh, judge down. He's a hangman judge really? in Tampa. Oh yeah! Wow. You don't want to be in. You don't want to be in front of him. At, uh, <laughs> oh man! I wouldn't want to be in front of him right say. now. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> hey, Sketch. I'll tell you one place I wouldn't want to be right now is the Philippines. Well, that's another story. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, so what do you think? they kill people over there for. Uh, for, for things I'm suspected oh, doing. Man, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I, I, Sometimes when I hear in other countries, like Bram recently, when he got suspended for laying in the, in the ice Noah cream yeah. in the ice cream truck, uh, you're like, wow, it really is like a culture shock when you go to other yeah. places. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen to the streaming part of it? Is he just going to do something separate from that? Or? I mean, I'm assuming they're just going to continue on with whoever was running the streaming service. Because I, I, I believe, from what I uh, surmise from all of this, is that the streaming service is, like you said, all those different companies, kind of, they all get a piece of that, and they all kind of, if they have their stuff on there, they get a small piece of it, is what yeah. I'm imagining. So, what's, do you think he's going to want to have, like, other members? Do you think he's want to do it like that, or just bring it all in, like, and, and say MWA is just this one promotion? I mean, you would think he'd want to bring it all in and have this one promotion, yeah. but... I, I, it's hard to say only because Billy is, like you said, he's an old school fan of wrestling yep. and he loves old school wrestling too. And so I could definitely see him maybe wanting to bring back 
territories in some way. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is he yeah. going to tour with this? Is it going to be like a Chicago thing, like wherever he's based? Is he plan on doing like, oh yeah, I'm NWA Chicago, you're NWA LA, and whatnot, and then we'll have a big group show where everyone, the top guys from all the different NWAs come and wrestle like a mania kind of situation. I just, you know, something I really would caution people like Billy or anybody else, like just, you know, not getting a time machine too much, man. (laughs) Yeah. You know, stay in the present. You know, I mean, yeah, it's great to go visit the past and that, but like, man, we got to, even like projecting too far in the future is not a good thing, man. Like, which we have to do a little bit Mm -hmm. to know where we're headed, but or where we want to go, but it feels. But, I it, mean, come on, we need to stay in the present here. It, you know, and, and I completely agree with that. You know, because it feels like no one's going to be able to bring back the territories, and 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 the reason a lot of these companies, like at least I believe in in uh, in the UK, are popping so hard is be, uh, is because they're going out and they're doing their own thing. They're making new stars. Like people want to see new stars, and despite. You know how it feels where WWE, Impact, and and maybe Billy Corgan now they all want like a a, a touring, an actual world champion again. It seems like that's kind of the goal yeah. for all these companies mm-hmm. to have a real. Marquez wants to do that too. He's trying to make a, another uh, champion with somebody. And that's and, and I feel like for championship wrestling from Hollywood for their United Wrestling Network. Thing. And I feel like no one, I feel like only really old school wrestling fans care about the whole like wor- traveling world champion thing. Like really, the TV shows and people want to watch an yeah. entertaining TV show. And if you can. Put that on, or just a live event, or whatever. If you can put that on, people will pay money to see it. Yeah, and at this point, okay, a belt doesn't make a, uh, a wrestler. The wrestler makes the belt. Yeah, I mean, it could change again if, if you know things are if, if a lot of work's put into things. Uh, but at this point, it doesn't work that way. And I also look at it as advertisers. If if, if Billy wants to be on TV, advertisers want the you know the the fifteen to thirty five kind of demographic, and no one in that demographic cares about the NWA title or Harley Race or anything like that. As much as those guys are legends in yes. the sport, that's not going to get them TV deals and advertisers and things right. of that nature. At least, I, and not my sure. opinion. What if he only hires people like the Revival and like throwback style wrestlers, oh and they just invade? Like, imagine seeing NWA champ. Like a throwback Cesaro type come into PWG and want to fight uh, Zack Saber Jr. I mean, it'd be, it'd be cool. <laughs> that kind of thing. It would be cool. It could, I mean, if if you could successfully bring back the NWA, like if Southpaw Wrestling was what he wants to do with the NWA. <laughs> hey, man, hey, hey! I went on the network to try to look at uh, Southpaw. I can't find it. Anymore. It's on their YouTube page. Uh, it's not on the network, which is crazy. Uh, Why wouldn't you put it on the network? Because everyone searches on the network, too, for it. Maybe they just didn't they think it was going to be much of anything when they first made it, right? I think that and has something to do up. with it. I, I, I yeah. definitely has something to do I with it. It may also have something to do with their KFC sponsorship on it, too. They, I was thinking that as well. They've only been able to do it on YouTube. Okay. Right on. Well, I, I, I just kind of went up into the weeds on the uh, <laughs> Southpaw thing, so we were talking about Billy Corgan, but that's pretty much the end of the discussion yeah. on this subject, right? Until he does more with it, yeah. we got to see. I mean, obviously, we can we can pick apart what he hasn't done yet, but we got to see what his next step is. Yeah. yeah. So okay. What else you got there, TK? All right, like there. I don't already know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but there's a twist. There's a possible new member for the Bullet Club. Hmm. <laughs> this is courtesy of our guest right here. And Pro. courtesy of your already host, yes. <laughs> Jimbo. A, two, right a two for one. So do you want to tell us the story, Jimbo, since you... So basically Hulk Hogan was signing this weekend at Frankenson's, so I went to the signing to meet him and get an autograph. And while I was waiting in a seven-hour line to meet him, I decided, oh, I'm going to ask him a question. What should I ask him? Uh, the Bullet Club just did a Q&A. 
and they were asked who they would want in the Bullet Club, and Hulk Hogan and CM Punk and Candice LeRae were like the three people they would allow in. Uh-huh. So I asked Hulk Hogan if he would like to join the Bullet Club. And and <laughs> what did he have and to he say? Already ran. I already played it. I already played it. He did. Play oh, it. he played yeah, it. Yeah, but I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, we're going back. He okay. said, "Come he on, man, go. I got to hear this stuff too." All right. Well, that's all right, right man. No, he said he would love to. Okay. Thanks, brother. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. And you? Would you ever join the Bullet Club? I would love to be in the Bullet Club. I'd love to be the OG for the Bullet Club. Too sweet, brother. Yeah. Teach them boys how to really get corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was great. It was so cool. Nice. I was really work, happy. Jimbo. Yeah. yeah. Where is it? Wait, you waited in that line for seven Dude, hours? And and that was just for an autograph. If I wanted a picture, I had to pay another hundred bucks, wait in another line, and then when that line was done, get in the autograph line. Wow. You paid a hundred dollars for that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You paid a hundred dollars. I hope you're not gonna turn the receipt into me. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Thanks for letting us know too, yeah. Jimbo. Appreciate hey, you know it. What? Okay. <laughs> N- n- okay, that would be really good for everyone. Everyone uh, we're talking about that would be great for Bull Club. Be great for Hulk Hogan. I mean, look, let's I, do it. Th- come on. I know there's this uh, because of all the bad negative stuff that have come out about Hulk Hogan in the past. Uh, there's this stigma around him coming back. But if there's any way he's ever going to come back, I would be in support of it this way because. Like, it, 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 it only makes sense. They're clearly a knockoff of everything that... You, not, not in a bad way, but, like, that's the whole fun of it, is that yeah. they're, like, you know... It's what like you guys NWO and DX put together Combined. made the Bullet Club. Exactly. Like, the babies yeah. of the... Of all, <laughs> yeah, all the things that they enjoyed of watching wrestling when they grew up, they put together, like, you guys, all the things you enjoyed, you guys put together. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing about that is there's so many people go, oh, get your own stuff and, uh, you know, copy. I love it. <laughs> it's you. I mean, I've never... Had anything but great things to say about that yeah. stuff. I mean, it's I'm I'm flattered. Well, it's a total I, I'm nod sure to you guys. My other friends yeah. are flattered. Um, it's a total tribute to you guys. Exactly. It's not like they. It, it's never once seemed like they were trying to copy you guys. It's clearly a tribute because yes. they love you guys. And it's not like they're going, "We made this up." No. Right. So I mean, you know, come on, everyone. That's still like you know giving them shit about that. Yeah. You know what I find interesting, though, is that, like you said, Jimbo, in the Q&A, they've mentioned that Hulk Hogan and CM Punk are the only two that they would want in the Bulls of War, Candice LeRae as well. Um, and Hulk, you know, said this, and then Matt tweeted about it afterwards saying something like, like, uh, we want to have you in Japan spraying the BC logo on our ti- on the on the IWGP heavyweight title or so- something along those lines. Right. And uh, I- I'm shocked that neither of them have actually reached out because it, fe- it feels like if-, if any side actually reached out to the other, it would instantly happen. Right. Like, we would see Hogan at the next big like New Japan event or something yeah. along those lines. And Hulkster's really smart when when he sees something cool. I mean, he might not come up with uh, everything cool, but he knows it when he sees it. Definitely, and he he. It would be so fun to see Hulk in all those videos, of, or or just him doing different Hollywood Hogan type stuff with yeah. the Bucks and and with Kenny Omega and all of this. I, it would be so entertaining, especially the way yeah. he said it in the video of like show how to really get corrupt. It'd be fun to see like vignettes of Hulk doing bad things in Japan with the with, yeah. the, with the Bullet Club. But do you think there's still a, a negative stigma around? Like I don't feel like there is anymore. Uh, I mean, well, with some people, there's, uh, I think there's going to be forever, no matter what. Yeah. Right. Me personally, like, I'm hoping that like people uh, allow somebody to redeem themselves, 
if if that's the right way of putting it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I would. I think everyone has almost everyone, unless they I mean, touch kids or, yeah. you know, do things like that. I just think of other people that were kind of in his situation, like a Michael Richards or like a dog, the bounty hunter, and they're all out of the water now. Yeah, right. you know, and he's way well, bigger Richards, than they ever were. Michael Richards isn't fully out of the water. No, all yeah, that. Like, but, he's had know. a hard time of coming back. And, yeah, uh, he hasn't really. And I don't know how good Dog the Bounty Hunter is doing these days either. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I haven't seen Dog the Bounty Hunter in a long time. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, you know, I do think that there are a lot of people that have that negative stigma around it. Um, I know that I've heard from people that Hulk himself is aware that like there's this that there there is this this elephant in the room, you right. know. Yeah. And I've heard that he wants to address it with wrestling fans first. If, and I feel like. He does need to do that in some way, and not just these uh, morning show interviews that he's done in the past. Well, TK, I mean, let's. I think she's asking me. Right. Let's let's ask the the resident African American queen here. Not African American, just black. I'm uh, Canadian. Black. Sorry, <laughs> African Canadian. I um, forgot about the Toronto yeah. thing. Sorry. Um, I, that's what I'm saying. To me, to to a lot of folks that I know who are like you know passionate about wrestling and who are black, it doesn't really. I haven't really. They don't really bring that up. I, I don't know. It's just kind of. It's. I don't know. When you think of Hulk Hogan, you think of like your childhood, yeah. and yeah, you think of all these negative things. But I haven't. I don't. That's not the first thing that comes to mind. So I don't know. I don't know if the. I don't know if people who are taking it um, and using that, like, oh, they're holding that against him, but the people that he really affected are still holding it against them. Because I don't think so. I don't feel that. No, way. and I and I do see that all the time. Like I have tons of people that always say that to me, and I and you know I think I you know as as much as he wasn't saying a, a slur towards me or anything like that. When I watched that video before it ever came out, it 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 just made me look at. It's it's hard to look at someone that you looked up to like that that's supposed to be like a yeah. hero figure right. to see them saying those things about someone like it is it affects you in a certain way regardless yeah. of if you're black or if you're Mexican or if you're white you know so it was it was it was tough and it has been a hard thing to go right. but I, but I, I welcome it for something like this I feel like this is a perfect way yeah. to come back I, I just I can only tell you the okay from the people I talk to in the African American community is uh, when I before I moved here I was living in uh, Chester Pennsylvania look it up Google it it's one of the worst places like I mean crime wise ever and, and it's um, not that has anything to do with it but I, I lived in the hood before I came out here that's <laughs> there we what go. I'm saying <laughs> yeah people getting shot every day oh, right my. outside the house and so at Cheese's Barbershop in Chester PA they love them some Hulk Hogan and they don't care yeah, I mean I'm just telling you what they said no no and, and they I, know what they, they heard it all no it yeah. does seem I would say that a majority of people it does seem have, have forgiven him for that especially because I mean let's be honest he wasn't He. it's not like he was sitting there in public doing a public interview saying right. it it was something he said behind closed doors probably in the heat of the moment And the only thing that it really made him it just made him human like you know there's there's people that you just see from, from afar you kind of hold them up not necessarily on a pedestal like you worship them but it just made him human it's like yeah. okay he okay he's capable of doing that and I think right. the sex tape thing did that a lot too oh, I mean the sex was... tape thing when you I mean that's that one it's I like, think that might have been even worse well yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes, but him beating Gawker, I mean, him being the first celebrity to fight back against someone putting out a sex tape against their, you know, against their consent, I mean, him doing that and taking down a huge entity like Gawker, mm-hmm. I feel like it did make him more of a hero in a lot of people's eyes again, where like, sure. okay, yeah, he might have thrown the N-word behind closed doors, but he just took down a giant again like it was 1986, you know, yeah. like, yeah. so I think that helped a lot, too. Right on. Well, we'll, we'll see. Thank so, you, Jimbo. Yeah. 
for that Hopefully question. it works out. Thank you so much for the Too news. Sweet. All right, that's it for Xbox One Two Three Sixty News. Follow us on AfterBuzz at AfterBuzz TV, Twitter, The Real Xbox, Instagram at Xbox One Two Three Sixty. We have a lot of followers. I don't know if you've seen. <laughs> and then also Baby Lula. We have to talk. Yes, about, we have to talk you can about follow. Her. Uh, you can. Well, we'll talk about her later. Okay. Well, <laughs> And also angel. Facebook at XPOC12360 show. And also buy the shirts at Pro Wrestling T at Sean Wiltman. At Sean Waltman. And uh, yeah, please buy the shirts because I really need you to do that right now. <laughs> 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 buy them so, shirts. Anyways, how about um, oh, we don't need to take a break. We can just no? go right under the. Uh, We're going to get into yeah, the nitty gritty here. Yes. <laughs> so tell us what happened. What, okay. what, what went on? Um, How was your weekend, Sean? <laughs> uh, my weekend was eventful. Uh, first, first of all, um, I took the baby to the vet, little ba- uh, baby Lula. It was a little dog that uh, that we rescued on uh, running down Balboa, but almost ready to get hit. Adorable dog. Yes, mm-hmm. her poor little jaw is broken forever. She'll never be able. Oh, to so close. it's forever broken. Yes. Oh, yeah, she, oh she can no. never close her Can mouth. she? So she can't chew. Well, she's figured out a way. We all we. You know, we mush it up and yeah, help her out with it. Either a spoon or put in a. Pl- it's anyway. It's, it's complicated. Yeah, so I took her to the vet and and that, and then you know went and went and got ready and went to the dispensary on the way to the <laughs> airport. Picked up a couple of uh, items for for the flight and. Uh, What'd you get? I had some some. Uh, Med, they're called med caps, but mm-hmm. they're you know they're just it's like the cannabis capsules. So it's like the ones that you can take as pills, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like a THC it's, pill. It's because I, I try not to get a lot of sugar. You know, I, I keep my sugar to a minimum. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I did have a couple of candy bars, but they're anyways. Regardless, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I had some some capsules and uh, some candy bars and a couple of uh, vape cartridges. Okay. Well, one vape cartridge and one was pretty much empty. Okay. Um, anyways. I checked in. Everything was fine. Uh, had something to eat, but then I, I wasn't paying attention, and you know, I had eaten one of the candy bars. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I was just, I was just chilling. Uh, yeah, so you had already great. gotten through oh, airport yeah, yeah, security, yeah, yeah. waiting for like your flight. Probably, in, probably an hour and a half later. What time? This is oh, like wow. a night or the daytime? Uh, like, like the flight was seven thirty. Okay. Okay. So you were just chilling, waiting for your flight. Yeah. And so you then had I had to run was... down. Like I heard, oh, 15 minutes, leaving in 15 minutes, and tried to just hightail it down. So I was like out of breath when I got to the gate. Hand him my boarding pass. I'm like, Whew, I thought I was going to miss a flight. <laughs> and uh, they scanned it, and it went, eh. And so oh. I didn't like the sound of that yeah, already, not... you know. And no. I, I actually think I've heard it a couple of times before. But um, uh, anyways, never, man. I can't recollect ever leaving the country having to go through U.S. Customs to leave the country. Yeah. I've never heard of it, man. Yeah, usually you do that when you get come to the back. U.S. Yes. and when you come back. Yeah. yeah, so they were there waiting for me. They Apparently, I had the, I got the the distinct impression they were waiting for me. Like, they, you know... Like an Evan Bourne or, situation where, like, someone I don't called ahead? No, well, I think oh, they okay. just scanned, they looked at the passenger list and, and, and probably... I'm just making an assumption okay. here. And, and I the, could be wrong. And the stuff that you had gotten from the dispensary, that was on, on you, like, in your backpack, yeah, like, and your carry-on? It was in your fanny yeah. pack? Okay, yeah. and, so, and, and how long had you been waiting around before... Like, before like, like, how early were you for the flight? A couple hours. A couple hours, okay. Yeah, because okay. I had to stop the dispensary, and, you know, okay. so I didn't want to be... Yeah. Actually, yeah, about probably an hour and a half. Okay, so you were sitting around for a while, then, in the place. Okay. Anyways. Um, where was I? So they took you over to customs now, at this point? Oh, yeah, so I, I go in, and <laughs> I go down the jetway, they pull me in, and ask me what I, if I have anything, and so... 
immediately I went, yep, I have this, and I showed him what I had, and uh, pulled out my uh, my medical marijuana card, mm-hmm. and this one guy comes out. Um, Wait, that cup's gonna yeah, fall. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to run and grab that shit. <laughs> uh, the one guy comes out that was apparently, obviously, running the show, and he wasn't having any of it. He was just like, read that sign. And, you know, it was a sign talking about illegal drugs and uh, no, uh, you know, zero tolerance. Well, it didn't say marijuana or anything, but But zero tolerance. No drugs, zero tolerance, yeah. Uh, And he made me read it out loud, and so I did. And, you know, uh, the whole time. um, Anyways, oh, and I did read something uh, about, oh, drug dogs, you know, picked up on something. Yeah, that's yeah, what, what, because there was still like there was still weed in the bottom of my backpack. <laughs> yeah, so then it you wasn't know? okay because the TMZ report said that drug sniffing dogs found you know got, went to your bag and got out. So that's not exactly how it went down. You were at the gate, you got stopped, and had. you handed it to them. Yes, because I've I, in full disclosure here, I got I got arrested once as well, yeah. and f- for weed, and in Arizona where it's like super felony. Ooh, yeah. yeah, and I wasn't aware beforehand that it was a felony, so I literally did the exact same thing where they said like, "Do you have anything?" and I was like. Yep, here you go, and then I got in trouble too. So I, I totally understand thinking that like, oh, it's California, right. or you know, like it's not a big, not that big of a deal. It's, it's little weed, things. man. It's weed. It's weed. <laughs> okay, exactly. So I get being in that position and doing that. So when they took you over to, well, Custom- the guy was going, oh, there's just too much here to to just let you go. Like now we're gonna have to seize it and everything. You know, like I read something where they said there's just way too much for for that to be personal. How the hell do you know? And based on what? Well, so you don't okay, even, like you don't know what my what my dosage is. It, right. it, I that, take three hundred milligrams a pop. But okay, so when when all that happened, and you handed everything to them. At any point, did you hand them those solar ray pills too, and say like, "I have these"? No, man. So, so that, that wasn't even, any, that no, was never. No, why would it be? No, of course, no, because yeah. So I I wouldn't think so either, because I mean, you've been right. taking. Have you taken those for months? Months. Yeah, that's like the third bottle of that I bought. Because I looked at those up. I from looked them up. Shop. And uh, yeah, they're like vitamin kind of a thing. So I was confused yeah. as to like how that would have been picked up as like a meth thing, well, like. It, come on, man. That, so you it think wasn't. that? Yeah, that's what's crazy. So then, what do you like? When? So at what okay. point did you get taken into custody? Okay. Um, well, I said we're not going to cuff you and blah blah blah. But you know they brought because you're cooperating. We're not going to cuff you. So I went into the customs area and I. It was hours, man. In that customs area yes. at the airport. Yes. Ugh. And like I don't want to miss anything, so I'm trying to. I don't want to miss. Uh, yeah. Talking about anything, so like. If you have some questions, like please interrupt. Yeah, because um, you know my you know short term no, yeah, totally, totally yeah. needs a little jarring. Sometimes. Yeah, we've been friends uh, a while. So yeah, man, uh, it just it was bound and determined, and and you know I had a uh, a stop. I was stopped like last last year, I, like over a year ago, and before when I before I moved out here mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, and I had pot and. You know, in that, and uh, it was before they had medical marijuana there, mm. and so you know they brought me in, and I did have some uh, an old bottle of Xanax in there too, mm-hmm. which I don't take anymore, mm-hmm. and like, and I had I wasn't taking anymore at the time, but, um, uh, anyways, there was it was a prescription for mm-hmm. it. It was just that part I don't want to yeah go off into the weeds. Yeah. Anyways, um, when I when I did the, the my last court appearance I, I just took a plea and said yeah I'll, I'll take the like probation thing and yeah. you know and then community every, service but no nothing like that uh, it wasn't any community no. service it was just I mean it was it was very cool like uh, you know the probation wasn't any like oh you gotta check in you gotta go 
do all this, but that was for the weed thing along a, a while back, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like when we first like started talking, like yeah. back in the yeah, okay, I remember that. Yeah. So um, the uh, the probation officer's card was in my fanny pack, and the dude found it. Oh, you're on probation. Oh. Boom, they called, and they still couldn't get him to take me. You know? Yeah. And basically, I, at one point, I heard him go, and this was a couple hours in. Come, the guy came in, uh, you know, the guy in charge. And he came back to the other two guys that were uh, working on this, and they had everything all spread out. And he was like doing an analysis and of everything in your bag. Oh yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. And uh, and finally, I, I he came back and he goes, "We have to, we have to redo all of this." Apparently, whatever he had done <laughs> didn't uh, work out the way work. you wanted. <laughs> no. So then they re- and I don't know exactly what it was. Yeah. I'm just telling you the what stuff you I saw out of your eyes. Yeah, and yeah. eventually they moved me to a different chair so I couldn't see what or hear what they were doing as much. But I still could a little bit. <laughs> and I even heard them mention like meth a couple times. But I'm just like, you know, I can understand why they might want to, you know, look at those pills. Yeah, or whatever. yeah. But man, never. At, and it was never mentioned to me until the very end when they had, had the cops coming. There was a fight. Well, I don't want to skip too far. Ahead, yeah, but. But I was confused about the meth thing just since you brought it up because, I, you know, from knowing you and stuff, like, you know, since you've been out here, I, even just talking to the Get High Watch Wrestling thing yeah. recently, like, I could tell how laser-focused you are on your career right now and being healthy. And, yeah. And, and I know that, obviously, you've been smoking weed and stuff like that, but... Not uh, even smoking it that much Not even much smoking anymore, it, man. just... just, just uh, uh, and, edibles and, and, and a lot yeah. of vapor. Exactly. Yeah. And and so, uh, you know, it was it was confusing to me when I saw that part. And, and I... And I know that in the past, you know, just from working in news, um, you know, I've seen a lot of times where on a police report it's written down under, you know, it's classified under methamphetamines or whatever. And then it comes out way down the line once tests have come back and court cases are done. Adderall, Ritalin, Ritalin, uh, ecstasy, stuff like that. So, yeah, so I, you know, I I just want people to not jump to conclusions. I know that you were, you know, in all this, I kept, you know, I kept seeing you talk about how you were, you know, you could understand people not believing you because of your past and Absolutely. stuff like that. Even even some of my close friends, I can understand them having doubt. Of course, if they haven't been around me lately mm-hmm. in the past, you know, you know, year or so. Well, that's why. That's also why I was so confused because when the initial, you know, because initially the reason all this kind of came out for those of you who might not have seen it is on that it was Sunday you were supposed to be at the show, right? Yeah. The wrestling show uh, it was IPW. Is that who it was? Yes. Right. Uh, IP- for an- and you know, obviously. Um, sincerely sorry to of everyone over there. Of course, um, you know all the fans that that were hoping to see me, and I was hoping to see them. And the promoter Dan, uh, IPW UK, uh, they to- absolutely did not deserve this. Yeah, you know, or the fans. Yeah. Um, so for that, you know, I'm sincerely, sincerely sorry to of everyone course. over there. Of- and I just want them to know. Of know, course, I would never, ever. Uh, just bring them out into the country to sell. <laughs> you weren't rolling out to there. To, yeah, you weren't taking their uh, travel money to go out there and sell right. meth no, to all their wrestlers. Yeah, you stuff. know, like the big, the big, the large amount of cash I had seven hundred and thirty-six dollars. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I know that when you the know, initial- Triple H sent me a text. He goes seven hundred thirty-six dollars. You're the world's worst meth dealer. <laughs> Lol. I saw some people. They were calling you Waltman White or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard meth pack yet. That would have been a good one too. <laughs> but I know that initially, you know, when that because I know IPW seemed like they seemed concerned as everyone else initially because yeah, they, they were getting yeah. the word out that you, you know you might be missing or something like that. So 
I was very worried initially. You know, I was calling people that knew you, yeah. and ma- trying to make sure that you were uh, that you were safe and stuff. So, um, and, and I, but I was confused because you know, once it came out the arrest and the people were saying meth, I was like. Nah, man. Like, not I, just, I not just know personal. Was on meth when we were hanging not out. Not just personal. I'm running a meth trafficking ring. Is how it, is it how it that's how it appears when I read something. Right. Of course, you uh, know. Well, I mean, it makes a good headline to say like a t- you know oh, yeah. uh, people will th- say, say oh and the whole know, time that's a clickbait right and yeah. the whole time this guy is doing all this stuff and setting up all this stuff. He's going, we got to make this look good. Oh, wow. Certain old things I could hear, you know. Oh. Yeah. As far as the probation, was there like is there certain rules that you had like had to follow? I that? just I needed to get a drug eval, uh-huh. which I was having a hard time getting because all the places to get that done here uh, wouldn't do it under those circumstances where uh, I just needed the eval. You had to be like um, wanting to check into rehab, uh, okay. which I just no reason for me to go to rehab. Yeah. Um, no, you've been like you. Yeah, I, everyone cleaner. saw a picture of you recently. You're yeah. like ripped. You're like, yeah, yeah. like you know, being ripped could also be a, uh, a, well, a indicator that you're not eating and doing a lot of math. The thing is, <laughs> true, the true. thing is, is I'm, I do no. Trust me, you won't see too many people eat as much as I do on a daily basis, <laughs> dude. I eat six, seven times a day. Anyway, you had, you were even talking about eating the candy bars and stuff beforehand. Yeah, and so. also meth and weed are like a weird would be a yeah. weird yeah. combination yeah. to be doing that. Right. Well, I just know how important this trip was to you and how you were looking forward to this so much, even though it was a long trip and a long flight and you don't like those sure. as much. But you were really looking forward to going to in- England and having this time and doing this trip. I so, always look forward to So going when to I England. saw, like you were saying, when you were seeing the messages of, like, he's missing, no one knows where he is, I was yeah. legit worried. I'm like, yeah. no way. Like, Sean wouldn't just not get on a flight. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, what the hell? Yeah. And then I was worried about Gooch or, like, Lola, Lula. I was, Lula, I didn't yeah. know what was going on. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, something might have happened to his dog. And he was like, I just can't get on this flight. So yeah, no. Thankfully, it wasn't that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so then they're pulling all your stuff apart. There, you're hearing them say like, "We got to make this work" or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, we got to make this look. Like, yeah, we got to make this look good. And I then, mean, like legit, like, you know, everything I'm telling you, hundred percent true. Like, no, hopefully, I don't have to. I shouldn't even have to say that. No, no I believe you. I mean, yeah. it's, because, I'm, because I'm going also. By the way, like, hopefully this week I'll have it done. Hair follicle test that goes back ninety days and polygraph. Cool, cool. I mean, no, I mean, and people will still like you know like pick that part. Oh, you can beat that. You can, mm-hmm. beat. yeah. But you know what's even less accurate is those field drug tests that they use to uh, test substances to see if they're. Uh, Does it turn blue? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Oh yeah. No, like when that. I got arrested in Arizona, I remember they were like, they were like, at, they put the stuff in that field test thing, yeah. and they were like. This is really potent. Is this laced? And it was like, uh, no, man. Like, I, it's what? Like, and I remember, I'll never forget that. Like, I, jail in Arizona sucked, but oh, but j- jail sucks everywhere. So. Yeah, especially in Los Angeles. Yeah, I've actually never been to the Los Angeles one. <laughs> actually, thank, thankfully, okay. This is another crazy thing. Once they finally figured out how to get me, you know, uh, uh, arrested, um, airport police came, and then there was a big. Big argument between them. That went about half an hour. What do you think that was over? They didn't want to take me. Really? Yeah, no. They they did not appreciate the feds telling them what to do. That's which I witnessed the feds versus the state thing uh, uh, firsthand. Well, that's one of the most interesting things, and and I know no, I know a lot of people that have medical marijuana licenses were in California, you Mm -hmm. know, and and I know that that's a big thing where people wonder like. Well, can I bring it in? It's California, and I'm right. going to Nevada, where it's yeah. also legal. Like yeah. these are both legal. Why can't I bring it on? And I know that uh, right that's, now it's that's def- a little different. Well, I know because of federal law, you can't do it and stuff. Well, 
It's a little. It's it's that's a little bit really? more gray area. Yeah, but we're talking about I was going out of the international. Yeah. Yes, because state to state, there's no. You don't have to uh, go pass through customs to yeah. go state to state. So, so uh, I guess that makes sense then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, okay. So at that point, the feds come in. The, the cops are in. And they're arguing. So what happened from there? Um. Finally, they went off and sidebarred a little bit and came back. And that's when the the one uh, one of the uh, LAPD or Airport PD guys, Officer Chan, uh, very, very, you know, as far as considering the situation, I, I, I couldn't have asked for uh, them to be more fair. Mm-hmm. Um, helped me out a lot. Knew I was in a really tough spot, and I just, they made me feel like they, they really. Like you weren't an asshole, like they cared yes. about you, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyways, they... Where, where, where was I? Uh, the, yeah. So then the cops were taking you from... The feds finally and the cops finally yeah. agreed of whatever they could take you in on. And then the cops were going to take you to the station, I imagine? Yes. Yeah. And I still don't have my clothes and my wrestling gear back. I got my... Oh, God. I got really? My, I got my computer back without the without the charger. Huh. Uh, oh, yeah. Just different little things just to... Oh. Yeah. And so I so still, they took your whole bag and they didn't. They they just they basically still. And have I didn't it in even get a receipt. I don't even have a receipt for my suitcase. So I I, I may not ever get it back. I don't oh have any gosh. clothes because oh. I, when I go on to Europe, like just in case something happens, I bring tons of clothes with me. <laughs> yeah, of everything course. that'll fit in that suitcase. Yeah. So how many did you bring? Like just one set of tights though for for like wrestling gear. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That, ugh. That's a bummer. Now I, I have to figure out how to get that stuff back from for the show in San Francisco this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am actually like going to still do that, but that's, I don't know. So is it restri- your travel isn't restricted at all right now? Uh, because- well, I it is it, the the APW show uh, at the Cal Palace is in the state of California. Yeah, so you can only stay in California yeah. right now. Yeah, but can you fly there, or you have to drive now? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if like you're putting like a no fly list or anything. No. Oh, no. Hopefully not. That takes forever to get. So on. then, how long were you at the station for? So you got to the. So they took you from the airport yeah, to the station. They took me to Culver City, and uh, then they moved me from there. That were going to bring me to Twin Towers, and I don't know if you know what that is. That's downtown. Yeah, that's not. There's no worse jail in no, the country. No, I've been there before. That's the one I'm always scared of yeah, having to somehow go to. I've for been some in reason. solitary. I was in solitary confinement there once for damn near three weeks. <sighs> would not, and you know what's worse about that is when you don't know when you're getting out. At oh least if gosh. you know, okay, in ten days I'll be out. I had no clue, <sighs> and I did not handle it well. Uh, this time, man, because you know back then I was actually screwed up. Yeah, you know I would I would be in there and I'd have to be coming down off of whatever I was on meth, yep. coke, whatever. Uh, and that's no fun. And then you're st- in, in solitary. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, I couldn't even honestly. I couldn't imagine that. I yeah, couldn't imagine that. This time, man. Like, yeah, it sucked, Ryan. But I was. You're cool. I man. was good, man. Yeah, I was in my head. I was fine. So I mean, then, I wanted out of there, but I wasn't going. Let me out. Uh, you know. Were you out by the morning? Trip. No, I was in like almost two days. Oh wow, man. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, so, and Officer Chan, thank God, he took my pink slip that they give you when they arrest you, and he wrote some numbers down for me from my phone. Else I'd have been really screwed, oh man. My because what happened was they were trying to extradite me back to PA, and that wouldn't, have been, a, that wouldn't have been a first class flight. No, no, no. What? You know what that would have been? Yeah, that, that would have been buses. <laughs> yeah. Slow buses. Oh. All the way across the country. Oh. Yeah. Well, at least they, so then. They turned it down on the other end. They weren't. No, trying. no, they weren't bring me, but I got bailed out first. God, 
Thank God. Oh, man. Uh, well, actually, I don't know when they would have brought me because they might have waited until after my court. I have court on the 25th. Okay. Okay. And then there was an old... I had a deep... When I was still with China, um, uh, one time I... We were drinking all night, and I decided, you know, we decided we need some groceries. So, I uh, I got in the car. Was driving a Viper. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I oh. not my not not my cup of tea. I I you know, I'm not the best driver for something like that. Yeah. And it was raining. I was drunk. Yeah, and I spun out and hit a car. Oh. Nobody was in the car, so I'm like, oh, I'd rather have a hit and run than a DUI. So I drove Fucked to. It. Yeah, I still went to the grocery store. <laughs> Got the groceries. Uh, went home the same exact way I came, speeding. Got pulled over right by where I hit the other cars. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, DUI and hit and run. Oh, they got you for right yes. there, too? Yeah, but I see, like, it was so long ago. Like, uh, apparently I didn't do everything I needed to do. Yeah. Oh, uh, so, okay. That so was the DUI. Oh, so that was the DUI thing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So then... You're still going to have to deal with the probation. So you brought yes. probation violation over yes. on TA now, too. Yeah, but hope, like once this stuff gets cleared up, hopefully that, that'll help take care of that. Yeah. Now, mind you, I haven't been compliant with a couple other things with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that literally is, I just, I wasn't really a- able to get an evaluation, like I was saying, without them thinking I needed to go to their drug rehab. At, now, so if you were in the jail for two days, at what point... Did meth ever get brought up to you? Like, did anyone no. ever say? So it wasn't until you got out and you saw no, the report, No, no, I knew because the officer Chan told me what, what I was being arrested for that night. And that's when I went, bullshit. I'm like, and I looked at the other guys and I'm like, this bullshit. No crystal meth. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. it's insane. You know? And what they say to that? Nothing. They had Nothing. No- Nothing. Nothing. You know, what so, were they going to say? Do you think that? I was, uh, they got me out of their, uh, out of their hair. And so they, I, it, mission accomplished. Did I tell you when the guy got the the judge's order? Like extra no. Life, he jumped up and down for joy. Wow. The yes. customs guy? Yes. Oh. So the other guys seemed really, he really sad about it. He jumped up and down? Yes. Yeah. Who would jump? Ugh. Yeah. That's such like a weird... I mean, I understand he's doing his job and stuff, but like it's someone's life and they're sitting right there in front of you. Why would you do that? There's a difference between doing your job and like going out of your way to ruin someone's day and yeah. be like, no, 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 like, no, no. we have this to make is, this look good this is, and we got to make sure that... Jimbo, if it wasn't... if I Look, if, it, if I was somebody else maybe that people... Didn't know? Or, yeah, I, I, it could have... That's a life-ruining thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, even for me, like that, this... If I I could let it remind, but I'm not. Yes. Yeah, you know, I'm not selling. I'm, you know, yes, it sucks, but I refuse to sell this. Well, that's the other thing that makes me believe you so much is that I, I honestly believe that if you had, if you had meth on, I'd have done it all. <laughs> that that and well, I just, not now, but, but like then I wouldn't even have it near me. Yes, but I I do believe. You wouldn't have be so open about all this like you are right now. Like if you were doing meth, you wouldn't have. At least in my opinion, come back and figure out this master plan that you know of how you're going to go around it. Like you wouldn't want to talk about it. You would have gone hiding for a few weeks. You probably would have gone to rehab. Like you have friends, like you said, Triple H, yeah. all your friends reaching out to you. You have a good support system around you. Like as someone who knows 
people who have struggled with addiction. Like, I'm very aware that it is a day-by-day situation. It's not a, you're going to be clean forever. It's a day-by-day That's how it is for a lot of people, Ryan, but i got to be honest with you, man. That's not how I live on a day-to-day basis. I do not white-knuckle it uh, day-to-day, making it through one day to the next. And that's great. It doesn't work like that for me now, and it doesn't have to work like that for others. And I think that's great. I I love that, by the way, because I mean, I, I know that a lot of people that struggle with it that, that yeah. do tr- have to find their own ways uh, yeah, to man, do Yeah, man, because they're always on the edge of falling off. And yep. that is miserable. I've been there, yep. man. Yep. Yeah, but there's uh, you got to work on But I feel like things. because you have the support system around you, like, people would have seen that, like, you know, you would have, you because you've been there, like, if if that had been the case and you were struggling, like, you would have accepted it at this point and you would have went and got help. And I, w- I wouldn't be able to get up every morning and go do a serious radio show at Maria Menounos. Nope. I wouldn't be able to go. Uh, I wouldn't. I damn sure wouldn't be going hiking in Malibu Creek Canyon every day. You wouldn't be helping this dog. I wouldn't be rescued. Uh, yeah, come on. That's how I feel with this situation. That's why I'm glad that you're coming out here and 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 hitting everything. You know, talking about each little thing that happened along the way mm-hmm. because I think it is important. Yeah, you know, and I also think it's important for people to understand that when when a new story hits, there's always two sides to yeah, every story. You know, there's you know I I try my damnedest to never make an assumption based off of one side. Like, it's why I started my website to try and make sure I get both sides of the story, that sure. I'm reaching out to the source if I can, or at least as close to the source as possible. Yeah. And, and, and and it is frustrating when those kind of things come up, because I, I know how that can affect someone's career when you see all these things out about them. And so I I, I am glad that you're telling the truth, and I'm, ex- I'm looking forward to when the, the full truth comes out from the yes. cop side. and I'm looking forward to going and taking that polygraph and that uh, hair follicle test yep. so I can... I want to do that on video. I'd like to get the guy in here next week and do it, actually. You should. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I'm sure that someone would would do that. If the polygraph guy would ever return my damn call. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I know, a, I think I know a polygraph guy who maybe get in touch with. There's a, well, my dad used to do, my dad does TV shows and stuff. Oh, so he, yeah, that's right. He has, he does, he's do lie detector tests yep. on all his shows. So he, he's got some, I think, a few people in the lie maybe detector Maury. community. Maybe we can call Maury <laughs> to help us out. <laughs> So just to double check, so you went through TSA, yeah. and then you were um, about to check in, and then you were going through U.S. Customs. Is that is that who brought no, you in? No, there is no U.S. Customs on the way out. That's the crazy part about it. So who it. were, I'm trying to... So, but they were still just checking. Like, I, I've never seen that. I no, so the way it sounded I mean, to me, he got to the gate. Right. They and, wouldn't uh, let him on. They wouldn't let him like, on, and then customs agents came over, yeah. come with us, took him to a customs area. But that's why I don't understand. If you went through TSA, because you, you they check your bags and everything. That's like different that. than customs, though. It's not even a... It's not, not, same, not it's right. the same. Yeah. So then, was your ticket flagged, or... I'm like, yeah, that's what I was. T- yeah, it saying. looks like when he went so through so when, when, he, when he went through TSA, right? His he his ticket was now flagged as he was in the area, right. and if he had and I had a record, a record, and they, they it easily something popped up that like put up a red yeah. flag on me or something for them. And I think in the TMZ report it mentioned something along those lines that it was because of a prior thing that you were flagged yeah, or something they said along a DUI. those lines. Yeah, that DUI. Yeah, so. Uh, who that, knows? That might have been just what they uh, what they yeah. told. You. I mean, who the hell knows? Yeah, I, yeah. That that. I mean, well, that one was the one that was from cops on the record, I believe. So I, I, I believe that's the one that had cops on the record. But so then, okay, so then you were in there for two days. How bad is the jail food sucks, dude, right? Oh, it was what, so bad. What did you mean oh, man, while you were in there? There was plenty of high fructose corn syrup to go around, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh. I actually drank some orange juice in there, which I don't. I don't drink, you know, like the sugars. They, like I got to say, I, I try to stay clear of it. And milk, I had to drink milk. Or it, it was that, or I wasn't going to get any nutrition. Yeah. 
No, uh, in, in Arizona, they they pride themselves on every meal only costs like twenty five cents or seventy five oh cents. That's or a something Joe like that. Yeah, oh, sure. yeah. And the worst part was I was going out there to work on a show about the police department when it all happened. But but this is my story. But did you have to wear the pink jumpsuit? No, because that's a voluntary thing. It's like if you get arrested. And you want to reduce your time, you can go to Tent City where you're outside, you're in the pink, and you have like a lot less liberties. And you have, but you, and you you have reduce time. vegan food or yeah. vegetarian meal or something. Dude, I had I had the I had a piece of bread, uh, Hawaiian punch. Not not Hawaiian punch. That that would have been better. It was just like fruit punch, like that was really really bad. And like like some the spread. foil top, and it yeah, looks it like a grenade. Kind. It was that kind. Yeah, that kind. <laughs> like yeah. elementary school. A hundred percent that kind. <laughs> yeah. And then like um, some spread, like peanut butter and jelly or something. You know, and they were trying to take. You know, they they were nice to me. Yeah. Uh, they recognize anyone recognize you or anything? Like sure. That? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so you know, I got a couple bologna sandwiches. I just eat the bologna and. You know, everything was right on the edge of spoiling. You know, the milk oh. was, you know, a day or two old. Of course. Um, and that's, I get it. You know, it wasn't spoiled. Nothing was, like, going like, yeah. to hurt hurt you in the short run. Just wasn't Keep good. Keep eating like that, you're going to be in <laughs> yeah. big trouble. But, uh, you know, some country fried steak that, the you know, the, the fried part, the batter, I mean, it was, it was soggy. Were you in, like, the a general population? The peas were mushed and the chicken tastes like wood. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Were you like wow. in a general population kind of with like other people and no, stuff like that? Solitary confinement. So you were still solitary confinement when yeah. you were there again. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. They People like me, they do that too. That's cool at least. Well, well it has I, its... It's, uh, as it's positives and negatives. Yeah. We need human interaction, man. True. I mean, depends on how long you're going to be in there for. I wouldn't the have cool minded being alone. The thing about this is like, I could look out the window and see a TV. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, so it's just a small little... Oh my yeah. gosh. Ugh. Wow. Yeah, <sighs> and it was cold in there, and I didn't want—I didn't know—I thought I was going to be in there for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, I took my clothes off because I didn't want my clothes to stink. You know, uh, I took my socks off because you know how nasty socks get. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm just walking around in my damn underwear the whole time, <laughs> and it's cold. So the the sheet that they give you to put over your little mattress thing, yeah, is basically like a potato sack. Yeah. So I just jumped inside of that thing, man, and used my blanket for a pillow. Uh, I was good to go. Uh, and I just sat in there, man. I thought about my little baby Lula. Uh, thought about how, like, you know, I'm healthy. Like, I'm not messed up. I, you know, I sat in there with a smile on my face pretty much the whole time. Like I said, in the, and thank you to TMZ Sports, by the way. And thank you for hooking us up with that, no TK. Problem. They were great. Yeah. They really were. I saw, the, I caught the end of what they were saying. And it just, it made me feel good that... Some of them believed me, and some of them were at least willing to give me the yeah, benefit of the doubt. The I'm guessing Evan is one of the ones who believed Yeah, you. Evan was really... <laughs> Evan, yeah, Evan's great. And yeah. somebody was like, damn, East Infection for a year? Yeah, man. I actually had to... That's Google, more of a systemic thing. Like, I had that's to Google blood... that. I didn't even realize uh, guys could get a yeast yeah. infection. Yeah. yeah, but it's more than just a, like a... Uh, a penis thing? Yeah, man. It gets in your... It can cloud your... That's, that's one of the reasons I don't take the sugars, because sugars feeds the, uh, the fungus. Mm-hmm. You know, but did you, and it'll cloud your brain and everything, man. Ugh, yeah, no, that's that's definitely a bummer. I remember you had mentioned you were being celibate, so, so yeah, so <laughs> so like it doesn't really, yeah, you know, it's not in that's yeah. So it's not like oh, I got to get this taken care of, yeah, because I have a girlfriend that wants to have sex. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I could, that's really the last thing I'm concerned about at this point in my yeah. life is having a girlfriend or sex. Yeah, as crazy as that might sound to some men. No, um, I when you said it, I actually. Uh, when you told me that at, at uh, Ron's thing, I was like, ah, "That's really that's that's cool. That's uh, I, I, not a lot of people do that where they get focused on on themselves, yeah. you know, and not someone else for for a change." And it's nice to do that. 
Yeah, man. Plus, I've you know, it's not like I haven't had plenty of you know experiences <laughs> in my past to to hold me over. I'm good. Uh, if I never have sex again, I'm probably pretty good. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh boy. So, how, what are the odds now? Because I know you've mentioned you thought you were going to be away for a little while, yeah. and you've got these things lingering. What are the odds that you might have to go back and do more prison time or, or jail time or anything like that? Um. Well, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like I, you know, assuming, assuming this goes away, I hopefully the, the judge will in Pennsylvania will go. Okay, we see what happened, and you know, you should have been more compliant, but you know. So, like, because how? Okay, so the Pennsylvania thing. I understand what they might be thinking right now, yeah. or what they must be thinking. But in the Pennsylvania thing, so do you have to take? Periodic drug tests for that one at all? I don't know yet because all that's just happened from before. I haven't, I haven't no, even before, been able before to take prior any, to this. No, you didn't have to take any drug tests for that, and it was just no. like stay out of trouble, basically. Yeah. So the only reason you would be in trouble over there technically was because you got in trouble, not for the weed, not or, for the weed, not but for the, for weed the and, like, meth, for the meth. Okay. Yeah. So then for the alleged meth. So then, if technically, so the way, so right now, I see what you're saying. So then, if the tests come back officially from police saying that they understand that it was those pills that you were talking about and that it's not meth, then technically you would more than likely be off the hook. Well, you might still get in trouble for the weed out here. Not even no, the weed. Not. No, how not, so? Well, with the feds part of the thing. No, I guess not. So yeah, you wouldn't get in trouble. So then that would be, and everything would, that would go away and everything would go away then. Okay, that makes sense then. So if all That's this goes away. Best case scenario. Best case scenario. Yeah, yeah. Best case scenario, all this goes away. Did they just say, oh, sorry about that. We, we didn't mean to ruin your England trip. Is that it? I'm not even. I'm not even concerned. I I, I don't need an apology no, from anyone. No, you just wanted and, to go away. And even the uh, the head honcho in charge, I forgive him. The guy who said he wanted to make it happen, jumping yes. up and down. Yes. Wow. So, because I mean, you know, must that guy must not have a lot of friends? No, clearly not. Not, not to be <laughs> jumping up and down about that. It's like the right. weirdest thing to be jumping up and down yeah. about, especially after a two-hour search. Like, oh, great, you had to search for two and a half hours to find. Yeast no, infection no. Pills? I, I wish it was only two and a oh, half God, hours, like, man. Like three or four? Yeah, well, I didn't get... First, well, it was like a little after 7, mm-hmm. 7.15 when I board, when I went to board. And it was... By the time I got into a, uh, into the last jail, 77th Street, South Central is where I ended up. Mm-hmm. It was 5 in the morning. Oof. Yes. It's crazy how all that disorients you, too. Like, I remember from the time I got arrested, like, time starts to be this weird yes. thing because you have to go to this spot, to this spot, to this spot, and this guy's searching you, and then you're going there, yeah. and it really disorients you. And and then when you're in solitary confinement or any of those other, like, or just in a cell, like, I've always, the light's always been on. Mm-hmm. They've never turned the light oh. on. And you don't know what time it is. You, you, oh, I could kind of get an idea because of what meal they were serving. Mm-hmm. Um, what meal? Uh, and <laughs> what kind of meat they uh, were handing I, you? Yeah, and sometimes if the news was on mm-hmm. TV, mm-hmm. If I looked out and I saw like the evening news. I could tell it was evening. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but at least they were treating you well while yeah. you were there and stuff. Yeah, dignified. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, because yeah. I, uh, I always you always hear horror stories of like that the L.A. jails. Listen, man, when I was in Twin Towers before years ago, when I was really messed up. And when they were processing you and they were pushing everybody in like cattle, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, like they fit like 8,000 people in there and it's overcrowded. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was processed, it took 28 hours to get processed the first time, the, one of the times I went <sighs> in there. And coming down off meth and being all like uh, 
paranoid and, and having hallucinations and thinking people are trying to get you and, you know, demons and just, it was, it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I heard some of the most nasty things and most dehumanizing things done to people, said and done to people, like, mainly just said, like, from other minorities, like, just racial slurs, like, I'm just like, man, you're, oh, jail, you know, jail sucks, dude. You're a minority, too, and you're like... Uh, dude, when I was in jail, I remember... <laughs> it's that mob mentality thing, I guess, people that's... No, 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 dude, jail, the craziest things happen. Like, when I was, that one time I went to jail, which, by the way, I've mentioned a bunch of times, my charges all got dropped for that, so, like, it's not on my record or anything like that. They mm-hmm. illegally, uh, they got, they arrested me illegally, so I got off, and, uh, and, but when I was in there, I'll never forget... I was taking my mug shot and then I sat down and another guy who was taking his mug shot looked at me and he just like stared at me and started doing like that hump motion at me like this like he was gonna like have sex with me and I was like whoa like this is I I always thought it was like a TV thing you know like you see that in movies and stuff like that but this guy like I had only been in jail for like an hour maybe and he was like making hump moves at me and I was like is that why you grew the beard I was so scared what is that why you grew the beard in case you get thrown in jail again you won't look so pretty (laughs) yeah that is why I did it (laughs) oh man um I guess I, that's pretty much uh, is that the, the whole story. Stuff. I mean, for for now, yeah, for now. I think we covered so, everything pretty yeah. much. I think so. But I, Ryan, thank you for uh, coming in and drilling me on this, man. <laughs> I got, I mean, it was got the details. Uh, yes, I really needed you here for that. No, thank I'm you. glad to help, man. You're a good friend of mine. I'm glad to come anytime. I love Jimbo and friends of TK, and so no, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to help you, and I'm glad everything's okay with you. And yeah. this was all like your own questions. Like, no, I, yeah, we, we never worked anything just, out ahead of time. You, you just told me, come <laughs> here at this time, and in my head, I was like, he wants me to ask like tough questions. I, yes. I, I can just tell in my head that I was like, I got prepared beforehand. <laughs> right on. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm glad to help. I'm glad you're okay. Thanks, man. And, uh, right now, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna have the, uh, the Johnny Mundo interview. Be right back. Roxy Stryer here from The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice-weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. Welcome back to Xbox One Two Three Sixty. Right now, joining me doesn't really need an introduction, but I'm gonna give him one anyway. Johnny Mundo. Yeah. Hola. What an introduction that was. That's a good one. That's Mayor's the anti-introduction compared to my uh, former co-host Christy Olson. Uh, oh, she would. She, oh she knew God. all the nicknames, all the bells and whistles. She. I mean, she would spend. I don't know how long she would spend, man. Probably a half an hour, an hour, just coming up in the intro for for our guests. For for, for me, if you look at my Wikipedia, yeah, that's. I mean, you could spend a half hour reading off all the former ring names and Shaman of Sexy, Ambassador of Abdominals, Guru of Greatness, Honcho of Hotness, all the fancy names I thought Lightning for myself. Lightning Kid, Kamikaze Kid, Cannonball Kid, Hard Luck Kid. I, so I can <laughs> yeah, really... this is going to be a good interview. That's <laughs> what wrestlers do. We think of cool names right. for ourselves. Actually, those are ones that somebody else thought, thought See, for me. That makes them cool. Every for, time. Me, for me, I just thought of them on my own while I was yeah. driving from town to town. <laughs> Which what, is a little bit sadder. What about Johnny Nitro? Uh, that one uh, that one was the original name that I got when I got moved up to Raw 
as Eric Bischoff's apprentice right. in uh, in honor of a uh, former WCW uh, manager Eric Bischoff. Right. And obviously named after the flagship show. Oh yeah. Monday Nitro. Every once in a while, actually, this this happened. Uh, this happened yesterday. People come up to me and they're like, "Hey, just wanted to let you know, I really loved your work in WCW." And I don't nice. even, I don't even correct them. And I'm like, technically, like I was nowhere close to even being in WCW. Just Johnny Nitro, I think, confuses people. I think people. that's what did it. Oh, like, for sure. That's like someone tweeting you the other day. Like, I loved it when you kicked Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window and WrestleMania 12. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, man, it was amazing. That. Yeah, I had a great time doing those things. <laughs> yes, I did. I, I shamelessly take credit for stuff. Totally. Why not, right? If they bring it up. <laughs> well, you're, I almost gave you credit for being a WWE World Champion because I, I, I could have sworn back uh, during your run you had it. Let's just pretend like I did. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Yeah, WWE World Champion. <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, I, remember, I, I, was, I, was, I was close. I never got it, though. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember you were right in the mix because there was a pay-per-view that I saw you and I think Cena and some other people were in a, in a cage match, and it was in Tampa. That was, that was one of my last... Uh, my last shows, man. I think that was must have been 2011. Yeah, and, um, it was. That it was, was the uh, night. It was the night that they killed Saddam Hussein. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And then Cena cut that crazy uh, promo just off the top of his head at the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, Saddam has been compromised to a permanent end. And I was like, man, who, who can think of that? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just like in the middle of the match, he thought to say that. So politically correct, what a talker. Um, that was that match. Uh, I think is Extreme Rules. Me, Miz, Cena in a cage. Um, that was the one of the last matches I had before I left to get neck surgery in 2011. And after that match, I was I was already had pretty nervy. I couldn't really use my arm very well. Your right side. Yeah. What and what level? Did you have a fusion? No, I got lucky. It had a, a cracked vertebrate, but it wasn't in the central spinal oh, column. Wow. So they just had to go in and, and pull the piece out. Okay. Which, uh, in the grand scheme of neck injuries, is not bad at all. It's it it could be way worse. Oh Let's yeah, put it that way. I was I I had to sit home for, I think I was home for four four months, and yeah, you're at right, fusion and you're out for about a year. Yeah, I was close to a year. I was out right? five yeah. and six. I, I fused, and my fifth vertebrae was cracked, like you're talking about. Yeah, but it wasn't near the the spinal cord, and so what's what's a broken neck. And sounds like you know something catastrophic, and it, it was very serious. Right? Isn't like near, like I'll take a neck surgery over a low back surgery any day of the week, any day of the week. <laughs> this is a, this is a wrestling conversation, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> um, same here. I think I've never had a, a severe low back problem, no. but the the few times that I've thrown out my back or had like a little pre herniated disc or something down there. It's a, it's enough to make me want to sit on the couch or lay on the couch and not move all day. You haven't been hurt that much in your career, have you? I've been relatively lucky. Yeah. The when I did my neck then in uh, 2011 was probably the worst. Like torn, uh, I've had both knees scoped a couple times, just meniscus tears, not a big deal. Torn MCL on my left and a bunch of ankle problems, but yeah. nothing, nothing serious. Nothing serious. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in the in the <laughs> comparatively speaking, I mean, I feel like I'm really lucky. If you okay. think about all the crazy things you've jumped off, then you're really lucky. Well, and you know what? I've, the times that I've been hurt, it's always been doing something stupid. It's not the crazy stuff. It is. It's the it's like a house show dive, or like I'm tired and I slipped off the stairs, or a really tired starship pain on a on a live event. It's the it's the small it's the small things. Uh, as far as injuries go, um, oh crap! 
I just had the biggest brain fart in the history of the world, man. I call that wrestler Holy brain. Crap. I got, dude, I, a lot of times I call that wrestler brain. What? You had your knee surgeries because you wrestled amateur? So did yeah. that, did that, because ha- when you, you could watch, watch your athletics and your acrobatics, you couldn't even tell that your knees are messed up at all. So when you tried out for Tough Enough, was that ever brought up? No. Um, I had a couple, both my knees scoped from uh, high school and collegiate wrestling. But um, I had one of them scoped again after I'd moved up. And my MCL I did in 2006. And then I, like, fully tore it in 2007, a year later. But the when I got my knee scoped at, uh, at UC Davis, it was just enough to bump me out of uh, collegiate wrestling. And um, for, it, I stopped wrestling that one year and then started doing gymnastics and thinking about pro wrestling. And um, it didn't really affect me. Oh no! Yeah. Well, when when at you the were, time it did, but did you do wrestling and gymnastics at the same time at all, or, or not just really. started to do the gymnastics afterwards? I was, you know, I'm from Palos Verdes. Right. I went to high school up um, not, not too far from here. I was like identified as like the wrestling guy at, at Peninsula. I was wrestled all four years varsity, captain of the team, junior senior year. Um, when I was going to school, I only wanted to go to a school with a wrestling team. I thought I was going to be in the Olympics, <laughs> and so why wouldn't you think that? Exactly, that's that's the object. That's what right? you. That's what you should think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was living in the dorms. I was like running every morning. I was, I was not partying at all. And then, um, like two thirds of the way through my freshman year, I had uh, a previously torn uh, meniscus on my left, yeah. and then I tore my right, and I needed both of them, like both of them, scoped that year, and it was enough to bump me off the that track. And um, the next year is when I started doing gymnastics. When that, when you got hurt and and um, it sidetracked you from the from your wrestling, did how how how'd that affect you mentally? <clears throat> um, in retrospect, it was probably the best thing that could have happened. But not in um when it was in the moment at the time, it was huge. Yeah. Because you, when you go from uh, having a goal of I'm going to be in the Olympics or I'm going to I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the best wrestler in the world or whatever. Right. However unrealistic it is compared to like what I had achieved at the time, it's how I identified myself and when that was taken away, it was a big deal. I felt like there's a couple of years where I was like kind of floating trying to figure out like uh, what to do with myself. Sure, did you feel like that you you know, you had this dream and that the dream was uh it was taken from you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's why we need to keep on dreaming, man. Oh yeah, it's, it's, right? you got to have enough dreams to <laughs> yeah. to carry you carry you through to the next thing. Absolutely, man. And it, go ahead, Jimbo. I was going to say it seems like you do because you got out of your mind fitness. You're making movies like Boone. You're still wrestling full time on top of that. So it seems like you always have plenty of irons in the fire. When um when I was in school, like uh, at Davis, I had a uh, when I when I stopped wrestling. Before I started uh, going out for gymnastics and I started doing uh, jujitsu and wushu and breakdancing, I was spending like six hours every day at the rec hall training in all these weird disciplines. The The main reason for that was I was a film major and I wanted to do action movies. So I started uh, I started making all these really weird uh, short movies. Yeah. Like the Foot of Death was a, about a dude with a dangerous foot and it was a... At do, you the have time, any, do you have uh, copies of that stuff? I, I have it. Did it's on. It's on VHS. I, I wish I brought it. Um, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, but that's what. Come on, man. 
Let us be the let us yeah. be the judge of that. <laughs> I got to dig it up. I have it on I have it on VHS, and it's on my to do list. One of these days, I should upload it onto uh, to YouTube just so to just a, to get it out there. So being an an action star, uh, an action hero, whatever. Right. That's another one of your dreams, then, right? Oh yeah. So I mean, we don't have we can have more than one dream. Oh, more yeah, than think, one I dream at a should. time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And when I was growing up, I mean, the reason I wanted to start doing collegiate wrestling in the first place was because I watched wrestling all the time. Right. And me and my friends would watch wrestling at each other's houses. And then every uh, every Saturday and Sunday, it'd be like, as soon as wrestling's over, we're fighting in the front yard or the backyard. And it's not like a real fight. Sure. It's kind of like a work shoot, you know, strong style. <laughs> and uh, the yeah. object UWF is to get... UWF style. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> get someone in a Boston Crab or a Camel Clutch was usually the win. <laughs> Or or a run in by my friend's dad when he got pissed if someone hurt in front my friend's little brother. What were your? Uh, I mean, we can talk about wrestling all day long, but I want right. to hear what your what your favorite like action movies were like back in the day when you were growing um, up. When uh, yeah, man, I love I love action movies. Yeah. Um, Bloodsport was one of the ones I watched over and over yeah. and over again. Uh, Predator and Terminator, loved those movies, but I couldn't watch them all the time because. Yeah. Um, my my parents didn't want me watching uh, Predator and Terminator all the time because okay. I was too young for it. I was too young for that. Did you like Jim uh, Cotta? Do you remember that one? I I watched it a lot of times. I can't say I ever loved it. But, it was pretty bad. But I did like uh, in in that movie, The Foot of Death. Uh -huh. um, we recreated the Jim Cotta scene where he gets in the pommel horse uh -huh. and he kicks everybody. There's a there's a buddy of mine named Romeo, and um, he was. He was crippled from the waist down, yeah. and so his legs were really short and bound together. But he still did Palmer Horse uh, rings, the parallel bars, and his upper body was like, he was so strong. And we made him the main bad guy in our kung fu movie. Yeah. And we set almost just so we could do the Jim Cotta scene, where he threw his crutches down and got on the rock and like kicked everybody and then started killing people with his crutches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim Cotta, man, that's cool that you know that. That, that was a. It was I'm a cult a, classic. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I was a big fan of? Do you, do you ever remember this one called The Big Brawl? The Jackie, Jackie Chan, Chan and all these different yeah. wrestlers like Ox Baker was in it, Hardboil yeah. Haggerty. All, totally. Yeah. What a great movie. What man. was your favorite Jackie Chan flick? Because you love Jackie Chan. Rumble in the Bronx. Subjective. Sweet. That was that was, was the first one. Um, there was that was playing at the theater not too far from my house. That was like close enough that we could skateboard, and um, me and my buddies like started. I don't know why we watched that movie like five weekends in a row, but we we did. We'd like skateboard down there. We'd uh, we'd go to the go to the liquor store and get cactus coolers, and then hang out and drink sodas and go watch Rumble the Bronx. <laughs> that was a, that was here in the states. That was like almost the reintroduction of Jackie Chan after like you yeah. know. Uh, Cannonball Run, and you know, I forget what the other one, Police Cop, or uh, Police Story, police or Super story Cop, or whatever Super they call them. You know those movies. So yeah. that was really his reintroduction to. And I thought it was his first, like the first time where he was really like Jackie Chan in a movie. Yeah. I mean, Rumble in the Bronx is a Jackie Chan movie, I think, more so than Cannonball Run. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was Jackie doing Jackie stuff, like yeah. he was doing kung fu parkour stunt fighting well all the stuff that they learned in the chinese opera school yeah that's amazing man yeah i mean i know we're getting off into like we're not talking no, about wrestling man, here let's but talk about it. you know nope. people they don't understand like okay chinese opera come on yeah but they uh, that's a mother after going to that place and those I, because so jackie chan sammo hung yeah. and you and bl three yeah. dudes they uh 
were all in the Chinese opera. They all ended up being um, mega action movie stars, especially in Asia. Um, Samuel, they were all, had a, Samuel had a, had a series here briefly, right? For a while, that martial law thing. Yeah, martial law. And I, I'd say he legitimately broke through. Jackie Chan broke through. Yoon Biao didn't break through internationally as much as the other two. But their story is they were like three orphans, I believe. Yeah. And they were all in the Chinese opera from the time they were like four years old every day for 10 to 12 hours. Those dudes had to train dancing, kicking, plyometrics, stretching, like all day, every day. And Insane it turns amount you, of discipline, right? It turns you into a machine. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why the stuff that he was doing seems impossible for, for another human being. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and he, he did all the stunts. Do you do all your stunts? Yeah, there was a couple. There's a couple scenes in Boone where I had a. Well, double. we haven't talked about Boone yet. Oh. So, want to just go ahead and bring that and talk about it now? Yeah, let's, let's talk I mean, about. We can talk about anything we want at any point we want. Here. Okay. So yeah. Tell me. So you uh, you made a you made a movie. Yeah. So I made a movie. It's called uh, it's called Boone the Bounty Hunter. I'm wearing a shirt right here. People. Mm. We're all repping yeah. these these Boone awesome. shirts. Boone swag. I had to go look in the mirror to make sure I looked good in the shirt. Oh yeah, heck yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was really excited to be wearing Boone shirts and headbands nice. with you today on the interview. <laughs> We're like bookends here. Yeah, oh. I'm a bandana guy now. Me too. I've been yeah for, for years. I got it from you. Um, I, I wore mine so long. It's it's. Um, you remember you know the story about my eyebrows? Yeah. Not to go up into the weeds. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been wearing a bandana so long now. I I got rid of my own eyebrows. Like the bandana has actually rubbed my real eyebrows off. Anyways, Someone I, should I make a bandana that has eyebrows someday. I just, honestly, I was painting them on with mascara earlier. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're back, though. They're, yeah. <laughs> the eyebrows are back. Anyway, about the movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this movie. Um, Boone the Bounty Hunter is about a reality show bounty hunter whose show is going to get canceled. So Boone decides to go after a real criminal in an effort to save uh-huh. his show. It's got me, Rampage Jackson, Osric Chow, Spencer Grammer, Kevin Sorbo... Lorenzo Lamas. Corbin tons. Burnson? Corbin Burnson, yeah. Right? From That's cool. Freaking major, from Major League. Don't you yeah, know Major League? league? Yeah. Tales from the Hood is my favorite yeah. movie that he's in. LA yeah. Law. Hey, let's, what, let's yeah, watch. Yeah, we got a, the trailer. Yeah, let's watch a clip real quick. Okay. Oh, wow. I need some help. You're making a huge mistake this time. Hey, wicked party, Ryan. This one's special. Dean <laughs> <laughs> says it's an easy yeah. score. Use the million bucks. Spencer Grammer. It's Quentin in this for uh, quite a bit. We had him. Yeah. We had him for three days. Hello, He's muscles. one of the. I'm looking for a piece of, of trash named Ryan Davenport. Bounty hunter group. <laughs> Maverick Bonhag. Over 116. Sweet, sweet action in here too. Man. Where's the stairs? Jackie Chan inspired. I'm guessing you haven't seen my Jonathan Lipnicki from Jerry Maguire. I love that line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that guy wearing a fanny pack as he's running? My no, his pants are just falling down. Town, including the cops. I have a warehouse. Richard he's Tyson no from Kindergarten Cop. Where'd you shoot this? All over Los Angeles. The fall was Values A Ranch part of it, and another part of it actually less than a mile from here in Burbank. There's no one else. Latif Crowder, TJ Storm, two super talented Capoeira guys. Rampage. Oh, Capoeira. Yeah. Nice. I'm the trash collector. Latif, super talented Capoeira. You're the trash. TJ Storm, more Shotokan karate. Oh, 
Sweet. Yeah. So awesome. Boon. And Lorenzo Lamas, man. And Lorenzo. Yeah. 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 I loved that show, Renegade. That's that's part of the reason we wanted to have him in this movie. He's he's the the mentor figure, the the bartender guy. Oh. And um I thought it would be cool for people like you that, that get it, like because Renegade was a bounty hunter, yeah. And so having him be the the mentor in this movie to the bounty hunter, you know, just feels cool in a in my you're nerd, running my out nerd to the dude and you catch him with the lap parkour trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did you work with him on this before he worked on Lucha Underground? The executive producers of Lucha came to an early Boone screening, and um, when they saw Lorenzo in Boone, they asked me about him, and I was like, "Hey, L- Lorenzo." Super cool dude, um, talented, funny, and they're like, "Man, we need like a we need someone for uh, to play this corrupt city official in Lucha Underground." And um, Eric Van Wagner had also worked with Lorenzo on Celebrity Apprentice, and um, had got along with him then too. So he was like, "Man, Lorenzo's perfect." We didn't think about it, and now uh, and then they ended up calling him, and it ended up working out. He's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah Lorenzo is so good. Uh, when I saw him on Lucha, I was like, "The Renegade." Yeah, yeah that's the Renegade. Was- Remember him from Greece. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. He was in Greece. Like he was Sandy's, uh, the one that that he, she was going out with the jock oh, for man. for a half a second. I'm gonna have to YouTube that. Oh, again. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And, and and his father, his name was Fernando Lamas. That he, yeah. He used to, his his uh, catchphrase was "You look marvelous." Say it's, <laughs> and it's, yeah, he would say it's not how you feel; it's how you look. It's true. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, he was he was maybe the original Latin lover, right? He was man. Yeah, yeah. For Billy sure. Crystal used to do an impression of his da- his dad on Saturday Night Live. That was probably. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. yeah back anyway. to the movie. No, it's uh yeah. So that's that's it. It's Boone the Bounty Hunter. Um, I wrote produced this movie. I've been working on it for about I was gonna say four years, but four and a half now. <laughs> Talk about what a labor of love i imagine it was for sure movie man it's a it starts as a labor of love and then it ends up becoming something that you you have to finish because if you have a half-finished movie you don't really have anything so um i can't yeah i can't even tell you how many how many hours i spent sitting with the editors and writing the script and how many tests we did for the designing the action ahead of time and um I'm really excited to see how this does when it comes out. I think people are going to love it. The people that have seen it generally leave with a feeling of like, dude, that was awesome. That was such a yeah. fun movie. Um, and uh, I'm hoping it opens the doors to do more stuff like this. Yeah, man. And I mean, it's not your first. You've done plenty of you know m- movies and that in the past. Like so, after film school, I did a three three pretty. I wouldn't say good action shorts, but three right. action shorts that I completed at sc- in school, and I wrote, directed, produced, and starred in a feature at UC Davis that was horrible. And the um, one you were telling me about off air, uh, it was a different one. Oh, yeah, the the one this one it, it's like so bad I can't even show anyone because like come on man that means you have to show it. No. Yeah, but come it's on. the the foot of death is is good because like it's it's like cheesy and funny. Right. The other the feature I did is like long and like the problems are like. It's got terrible audio and bad lighting. It's like it's like you can you can't hardly even laugh at it. Oh, okay. But the main thing I le- I realized from making that was there's reasons that they're separate jobs for director, producer, writer, production uh, manager, star, actor, uh-huh. and by trying to do all those at once. Like uh, this was in 2002, I was doing this. Um, I did a, a crappy job at all of them. So gotcha. for for Boone. I only wanted to do one job at a time, 
So when I was writing it, I spent a couple years working with other writers and brainstorming ideas. And then I took off that hat when it was time to uh, start casting and gearing up and finding money. And I would say I worked as a producer then. Then when we were shooting, I took that hat off and was just actors and doing stunts. And then when it was finished, we finished principal. Then I became a producer again because I was, I still am <laughs> the the one I have to. I feel like the task manager. Like I have to be the guy that's calling around and making sure everything keeps happening. Because when you get people to work for for favors and for cheap, right. then um, you, it's hard to it's hard to ask too much of people. Because I don't blame them. You know, like if right. someone's doing me a favor, then um, they do all this work. And then it turns out, like in movies, it always turns out that you need them to do like three times the amount of work you anticipated. Sure, and it's, you it's need and, and you need them to get it done way quicker than they're probably getting it done. Yeah, because they have to. They're probably going to say like, "Well, I've got like a, a job working I have a paid this commercial." Gig I'm doing I, too, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so chill out, John, because I can uh, I can do this thing still, but not for a couple weeks. Right, and then you have to not forget and just kind of keep pushing the the ball forward as fast as you can. And that, and uh, have you ever produced a wrestling show at all? Like, have you ever done? Um, have you ever promoted? I've, or I've done ever, one. How I, was it? How what, how do you compare do, doing movies to doing like TV and um, pro wrestling? The specifically, the difference for me was uh, the wrestling show as it approached. I did a. Um, there's a company, Bag of Vagabonds, that asked me to run a charity uh, lucha show to benefit prostate cancer yeah. uh, two years ago. Um, my dad recovered from prostate cancer uh, a couple years back, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, that sounds that sounds great. I'll do it." We, as the show approached, everything gets crazier and crazier. Like someone cancels, you replace that person. Um, there's something wrong with the ring. Like you don't have the right permit for the truck to park on the street to load the ring. All those little fires that need to be put out. But when the wrestling show's over, it's it's over. And in the movie, in uh, doing this movie. It's like the movie's never over. Like every time you think the finish line is there, you sprint towards it and you realize the finish line is like two months down the line. So sure, when you wrap production on the on oh, the wrestling yeah. show, the rest it's it's over. It's, it's done. Sure, all the all the promotion was on the front end. Right. Gotcha. I think that's the the biggest difference. Have you you've done a bunch of wrestling shows? I'm guessing. Yes, and only only um I've only been involved in a couple of movies. Mm -hmm. One was I did one with Jerry Lynn when we were 18, like years and years ago. What? Yeah, I, well, I was 18, not Jerry. Jerry's okay, way older right. than me. He was 45. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to see this movie. What, what's this called? It's called Crossing the Bridge. Okay. Yeah, and it's actually a very good movie. Remind me of that later. Yes. I, need to, I, need to, um, I need to see this movie. We're in the very beginning, and it's yeah. just a fight scene. We get beat up by Jason yeah. Gedrick, who was an Iron Eagle. With That's Lewis awesome. Bassett. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Baldwin's in it. Josh Charles is in it. Um, Jeffrey Tamor's in it. Several, a bunch of people. Anyways... Uh, I just found that doing TV and movies like Hollywood style is right. terribly inefficient compared to how we were uh, brought up doing oh, things. Absolutely. Um, and so my experience with uh, Boone is different because I feel like I was I was so invested in it. Like I ended up I ended up having to sell my house to, to pay for this movie wow. because we couldn't we couldn't raise money off the spec trailer. Because who wants to give a first-time pro wrestler filmmaker a bunch of money? Exactly. <laughs> Turns out nobody. <laughs> it's not like there's not tons of money in this town being thrown around. Come right. on, people. Come on. Well, hopefully this will be the proof. But yes. um, in addition to this, I've done maybe 15 really low-budget small movies yeah. that um, 
some people have seen, a lot of people probably never realized existed, and have done Hercules six, Reborn. Yeah, Hercules Reborn, Russell Sinbad, Madness. Russell Madness, yeah. Stormageddon. <laughs> um, I gotta look at my resume. I can't I remember love, all these movies. <laughs> Darkness Descending, oh, Minutes the, to Midnight, The Negotiator. The Negotiator is a YouTube that, short. Oh, that was so. Are these fun. all available yeah. and like streaming or most like of something? them? Most really? of them, yeah. Have any of them been on cable? Um, Hercules Reborn is on TV in Mexico, and I know because last time we were down there, um, I was I was doing a show with Ray, and uh, we uh, it was like the night before I want to say like the World Cup, yeah. and uh, when I saw him in the morning, he's like, "Yo, Johnny, I saw saw that Hercules movie you did, man. Like you were really good in that." And I was like, "Oh man, you're the nicest guy ever, Ray." But <laughs> but we've all seen the movie. <laughs> Uh, it's on TV down in uh, down in Mexico and in a bunch of places. But you've seen some of the movies down there, right? Like yeah. The, so I mean, you yeah, know, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true that I, I I know how movies go. Yeah. But um, to the inefficiency point, yeah. For like uh, for some of the fight scenes that I've done on, um, I did a I did three episodes in the last ship, and I think they're gonna start oh, airing. Yeah. You know. In a f- Actually, I don't know when. It's April already? They're probably going to air in the next couple months. Um, On TBS, right? Yeah. Yeah. With, a uh, with Eric Dane. Yes. And um, that, would like a, to me, is an example of just not wasted time, but the expense of doing a big-budget thing. I mean, there's... 30 extras at least on set there's we're rented like we're on set in this huge mansion yeah. there's a crew of 50 there's trailers there's transpo there's all this stuff happening and there's only two people doing a fight scene and in the midst of this there's another additional 100 people or 150 people on set that day and, and one of my things is okay fight scenes even in movies whatever i mean it's that's physical, dangerous work. Right. Um, and I don't know why they don't just have, like, f- however many cameras it takes to get that many uh, different angles of, of the scene. So you can do it once. So you cannot, yeah, do it once. Yeah. Not, get, not kill yourself and, and, and not lose the spont- spontaneity after take 20 or uh, whatever, you know? Yeah. That, like after get that, man. What's after the deal doing, with that? doing a fight scene for like six hours, you're right. Like uh, you're you're tired. You're, you've already done it a bunch of times. Like you've you've already like sold all the hits and missed all the hits a dozen times. And I completely agree with you. And actually, that was one of the things that I tried really hard to do with Boone. And um, we weren't able to do everything with only one take because I realized it's really difficult. Sure. But um, we tried to do. What I really tried to do was integrate more pro wrestling and parkour into Boone, because I feel like Marvel movies and um, bigger budget movies are stealing moves from from lucha and wrestling, just integrating them into fight scenes. Yes. But it didn't seem like there'd ever been a seamless integration of the type of stuff that you could do. You know what I mean? I'm imagining like the the fight scenes that you've done in movies. It's like you you can do all this stuff in the ring, and then you're on set, and there's there's no there's no ring there's no ropes there's like very few pads and they don't have enough time to to move stuff to set it up the way you want it right. and when they say action you're like well i mean the the guy i'm fighting can't really base me for a rana there's there's no ropes like, like a super kick like might not sell for cameras so i don't really know what to do now and i was trying yeah. to solve that problem with boone and i think 
we did a, a pretty good job of integrating a lot of wrestling stuff into the movie. Yeah, I mean, being able to do that is probably what I mean. That's the only way to solve a problem like that. It seems like for, right. I mean, when you're when you're us, I I, I can't think of any other way. But uh, it also then could el- it eliminates, in my opinion, a lot of that like uh, having to do twelve takes and cover it from uh, all these different angles. Because if you just if you specifically do what you're best at, and you're, you're fighting someone or wrestling someone who knows what you're doing, you only need one take. It, well. And and really, to me, the most important thing about it is time is money. Well, time is is more than money to me. And I, you know, Jimbo has heard me say it. Yeah. Damn near every, like every week, I talk about how valuable time is, the, especially on a movie set. Yeah. The, and, the fight scene we did in the bar where I did the like the B twist kick. And it yeah. was a triple hit on Maverick. Um, that was Valuse Ranch, and I want to say like a. Just that day with uh, the production crew, Valuse Ranch is expensive, and it's also one of those places where like you rent the location, and then they're like, you need a fire marshal on set, you need like a water safety inspector, you need all these trailers, you need crafty. Like that one day of of filming, I would I would guesstimate maybe thirty k. I don't know for yeah. for just that one day. It was one of the most expensive days. So you know like. We're going to be on this set. We have a scene to do with talking in the bar. And then we're going to have maybe an hour to do a fight scene. Yeah. And that was it, what it turned into. was like every time we did, we hit like a Canadian destroyer on a on a, a dude that's a Fernando Owens, a wrestler who came I was going to say, today. how many wrestlers that uh, maybe people aren't familiar with were, on your, were involved in making this movie? I, I'd say a dozen. Oh, yeah. Um, Aaron Aguilera, mm-hmm. Little Cholo. Oh, Aaron Aguilera, really? Yeah, he's in it. Oh, good. Yeah. He's uh, he's in it. He gets shot. Aaron <laughs> Aguilera will never you'll yeah. never hear him cuss. When, whenever he'll like say the effort, he'll, he'll say fudge. Yeah, really? yeah, it's yeah. funny, man. Big he's old cool, scary man. dude. Yeah, yeah, he's but with a heart of gold. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what it turned into. Like that last day when like they're like the we're gonna have to leave. They have to clean up the set and pack yeah. out of here. And if you're uh, they start to get into the penalty stuff where like if you're not out by by 10 p.m every half hour is going to cost an additional like grand or couple grand so we're like all right that means we have until 10 p.m and we have an hour now to fight this scene that to to shoot this fight scene that i probably spent like two weeks like choreographing and rehearsing and coming up with all these crazy ideas and then it turned into like move the camera canadian destroyer uh do it again okay next kick off the thing fault over the bar like as fast as we could and it ended up being a little frenetic and uh, we got what we could out of it but Time is money. You're right. Absolutely, man. That's so crazy. And just every time you go to, you know, like you say, when, whenever we get tired, that's when we're going to end up getting hurt. Yeah. So when we used to, do, I don't know about you, but uh, you ever do like a backstage fight, you know, uh, in WWE? Plenty, yeah. Did they ever make you do it? Take two, take three? That's the worst. We would just say, we're not doing it. Yeah. You better get that shit done right the first time because we're just not doing it again. Like, we... I should have done that because the the first time you're right. That's where everyone everything's live and everyone's yeah. excited. Everyone's kicks are like right in there. Everything yeah. looks good. Then take two and three. Everyone's like, it's hard know. enough to get the energy already, up like, when there's no crowd noise and you know. Right. You have to make that energy. You have to bring it yourself. You can't channel it. You can't suck it from the people. And you're cold. Yeah. And then you've like just taken a bunch of bumps for no crowd reaction. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's food for thought. I might just have to say that next time. Yeah. No, hey. no, no take twos. <laughs> Make Sorry. sure the cameras are rolling because uh, yeah. let's get this. That's right. <laughs> well, do you have problems with like shooting the backstage vignettes and Lucha Underground with situations like that where you need multiple takes and different angles? Um, the, the backstage vignettes for Lucha are shot like a TV show with, with coverage in multiple takes. Oh, good. And it's always... Figuring, not good. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's, it's it is cool. what it is. That's yeah, how it, they is, do it. it is what it is. Yeah. Really, it's like there's there's pros and cons to everything. Yeah. And um, that's like been helping me a lot actually with conceiving of how to design action and how to shoot action the best. Because okay. when depending on what angle they're shooting, you don't even you can save certain moves and like make sure if you're selling it for only one angle or one camera, that's the one where you go 100 percent on. And and that, that's it's interesting that you say that because. We're not trained to be like that. We're trained to be the opposite because there's people all the way. There's, yeah. you know, there's a crowd on, there's audience on all four sides. And you can't hide anything. Yeah, they're, you're, you can't hide anything with a camera angle when we're doing it, our thing, you know? Anytime I try to explain the difference between wrestling and, and like fight scenes for, for TV and movies, that's ex- exactly what I come back to. And it's easier. It's like a street magician versus a stage magician. Yeah. And it's it's easier, in my opinion, when you're wrestling to keep your energy up because it's like you put everything into that 10 20 minutes yeah. 30 but however long your match is like you just you become the character you put everything into that and when it's done you go drink a beer yeah. <laughs> and and tv and film is not like that it's like you're going to be there for 12 hours so you better pace yourself and at the end of the day there's no like kickback and like let's have a beer and, and chop it up about what you've been up to for the last couple of years. Sure. It's like you rap and everyone's like, all right, call times 6 a.m. tomorrow. That means we got an eight hour turnaround and everyone just goes and comes back. Is that how you feel when, when, uh, as far as working for Lucha Underground, like you're going and you're doing a TV show? Does it, does it feel different than, say, like working for WWE, AAA, or who, who, whatever, you know, that has like a roster? You know, you know what I mean? Um, I, I know exactly what you mean. And, uh, no. Yes and no. So the actual wrestling parts of Lucha, yeah. we'll do like five episodes per weekend. And uh, Saturday, Sunday is is wrestling pretty much just like how it is for any of those shows. Gotcha. It's live wrestling in front of a live crowd. There's uh, there's no redos or, or changes or second takes. So when you're when you're done with the, the weekend tapings, it's the same. It's like you're like, yeah, awesome, let's go home. The stuff you shoot during the week, coverage of the backstage vignettes and the backstage fight scenes – then that's more like TV and film. Huh. So those are the twelve-hour days where you gotta pace yourself. Um, and they're not as bad with Lucha because, so say say with that Hercules movie, um, if you're number one on the call sheet, you're gonna be there for twelve hours every day. With Lucha, because there's so many characters, usually, usually if you're only there for for one scene or even two scenes, you're you're gonna be in and out and. Three, three hours or four hours for one, six hours for two. Yeah. So they're a little bit better about uh, protecting everyone's time. Uh, and and when when you're doing the matches for Lucha Underground, it's all strictly live to tape. There's never been anything where they've gone back and reshot it in front of the people. They haven't done any reshoots. They edit them though. Okay. So they'll they'll like uh, it's kind of like when SmackDown was taped. Yeah. Like they'll uh, they'll chop stuff out sometimes, and sometimes it's frustrating. Well, you, you, there's the the match I had against Cage, Cage uh-huh. in a Cage. There was a there was I did a a knee flip spiral tap off the top of the cage, okay. which is like <laughs> it was crazy basically, and um it was so fast you kind of missed it, 
And um, the next, like, second later, they cut, and we're both standing up running a spot. Oh, okay. And, um, like, I watched it back, and I was like... And you, and you know that you didn't do it that way. No, we, we sold it. We, we, we sold it for, like, a full minute, and we were getting, like, a This Is Awesome chant. Like, all that got chopped. Do you figure that's people editing that that don't really know wrestling? I think it's two things. Um, I dub, people dub, that kind of know wrestling that yeah. don't... They don't understand how important it is to me because yeah. I when I when I'm doing stuff like that I make sure to sell it because that's sure. otherwise what's the point of anything? But they're also doing an hour long TV show, so they're like, okay, um, we've got Mundo and Cage in this cage match. We need to fit uh, whatever 25 minutes now into 17 minutes so we can fit it into our show. And then they chop. They chop it up, and then you look like you're no selling. Yeah, can, exactly. Yeah, you dealt with that with Wrestling Society X. Yo, to, to, big time because we were half an hour, right? And and then and really had people editing our shows that didn't didn't know yeah. or I don't think really cared about wrestling. So yeah, it was a lot of what you're talking about. That's why right. I can relate totally. Yeah, and they do know like and. I mean, even like because I know um, Krista Joseph like, sure. supervises a lot of the cuts, and he knows really well. I think it's just he's probably making impossible decisions a lot of times. Yeah. Like if if you got an hour and a half of stuff to stuff into a forty-two minute long TV show, like you just you have to make it work and move on, and that's the the necessary evil of hour-long TV. Like you you finish an episode and then you move on. Yeah. Well. Have you talked to El Ray about like having Boone on the El Ray network, or maybe yeah. you hosting, uh, like, because they do the kung Both fu of those movies things. and showing all your old kung fu movies, like kung fu. Um, <laughs> for kung fu, <laughs> I uh, also kung fu a movie about a kung fu master who runs a fast food restaurant. Hmm. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, I have to bring that too. Uh, I have, and um, it, Boone on the El Ray network is a definite possibility. We're, we're both interested as far as like the way the windows of exploitation for feature length movies go it's about figuring out which window would make the most sense for both sides hosting I've already hosted a couple things for uh, for El Rey like yeah. uh, it was, I got to host Roadhouse which is pretty cool really? yeah and um, and it, that's really just like you sit in the studio yeah. and you're like Derry Funk um, go to hell, Peckerhead, or what he, when he threw the guy out of the bar and Patrick Swayze. Are you doing kind of like director's cut, like voiceover? Nah, it's it's more like a, it's more like, like when they come back from commercial. Got you. Yeah. You're like you're on camera for like ten seconds. You're like, welcome back to Roadhouse. I'm Johnny Mundo. Keep watching El Rey, and sure. then they play more movie, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm I have I'm excited about working with El Rey on a lot of stuff like that. I I would be excited about working with Robert Rodriguez just in general. Like, I mean, I think that yeah, he's brilliant. the man, dude. He's a he was one of the guys for sure in in film school that I, I was like, I want to make a movie like El Mariachi for, for seven thousand bucks, and it goes worldwide and blows up to over I don't know X million yeah. millions of dollars in a in gross box office and video. But um, he's a he's a really cool dude. His band Chingon played. Chingon, yeah. Their the version of Malagueña Salirosa is the is the, amazing, the best, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. The way that the guy's the guy's pipes when he sings that, I don't I can't believe he can like the lungs on that guy. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. I get out of breath Holy walking up the stairs shit. sometimes. And that guy, right? <laughs> and the you know what uh was kind of a surprising fit, but a, but a good one. Mark Burnett. 
Because yeah. we know Mark Burnett, he, you know, he's done like the Bible, uh, epic Bible series, things like yeah. that. He's a kind of, you know. And all those reality shows like Survivor, but Amazing Survivor, Race. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, Celebrity Apprentice. Um, you can tell, I, you can see the little bit of that flavor to it. Like even in the beginning with the whole, with the overhead shot. The huge the drum. drum shot of yeah, the thing. Yeah, the drum. Yeah. I, uh, I think what he did best, Mark Burnett, was... Uh, his team, Eric Van Wagnen, uh, Tony Jensen, and um, the guys that are producing the show are doing really well at bringing everything to the table and um, giving like an awesome stage for the wrestlers and for the creatives to make the show. So it's, it's not like Mark Burnett is uh, sitting at home thinking of how he can be champion of Lucha Underground sure. <laughs> one day, which, right. which in most promotions feels like that inevitably happens, right? Like yes. The, the day or when somebody Mar- inside the promotion does whatever they can to get the boss to be part of their storyline. Exactly. I've thought about it. Oh, hey, no, we did it. <laughs> hey, we did it with Eric. We did it in yeah. AAA with Dorian. It, it always, it always, sure. it always, always works. Um, you know your storyline's being taken care of then. <laughs> exactly. It's a lesson, psychology. Yeah. The backstage politics psychology. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he, his, his team does a really good job of bringing all like a, the, the set design. Yeah. Um, they have, a, I think like, they're running 11 cameras now to, to shoot the live uh, matches in Lucha Underground. Jeez. They've got like an overhead, a couple hard cams, four roving cams. Maybe, maybe it's not 11 cameras, maybe it's eight cameras. A lot of cameras, though. That's a lot. Yeah. The jib camera. The, yeah, that huge jib cam. They, yeah, they get a lot. But he does his his genius in this is uh, stacking the deck for success and then letting the players like play the hands. Oh, good. You know what I mean, good. Yeah. Nice. I mean, because and that's good for the players, right? I mean, you're, you're inspired. Yeah. Exactly. Then then you can then you can get to you can show up to Lucha Underground and think to yourself like I've got these five ideas. And um, every every match, you get to do some new cool thing that you've never got to do or you've been thinking about for a while, and it's not micromanaged. So when when you're having when you're doing your matches in Lucha Underground, um, they're not. I mean, how produced are they compared to a match in WWE on television? Um, well, from my perspective, I feel like I've had uh, almost a hundred percent creative autonomy within Lucha Underground to to do whatever I want. Good. But my my idea of wrestling psychology is like changed quite a bit. Like from from when I started as Johnny Nitro, uh-huh. now it's just what story are we telling? What's the best way to to tell that story? Who are the people in the match? How are they going to interact? And so I'm really thinking about the business of the match and and telling that story. With uh, with WWE, especially when I first started, I needed somebody to, to tell me that. Maybe head spinning on uh, <laughs> on a Matt Capitelli or Bob Holly's stomach <laughs> is a is a bad idea, and uh, that was funny actually. I, I I had this move I wanted to do. A, it was called the intestinizer. Yeah. I thought it was going to revolutionize the business, Did and it's you? just you head spin on someone's stomach. And uh, it was it was one of the first, you know, like those first genius ideas you have, and um, no one really liked it except when I started feuding with Jeff. He's like, yeah, man, you can do whatever you want. And I started, Jeff Hardy, yeah, of course. He's he's down for anything. Yeah, <laughs> it'll sell it too. Yeah, he did, and it was it was it like worked. I did it a couple times, and then um, Arn was watching one time. He's like, John, first of all, I don't know how you did that, but really, I don't know why you did that. <laughs> it sounds like Arn. You should uh, 
make sure you never do that again. <laughs> and uh, and at the time, he's probably right. I mean, I, like I didn't, I was experimenting with stuff, and I didn't really have as solid of a grasp of psychology as I do now. So I think everything's relative. I mean, for me, are in there Lucha guys there? Are there guys in Lucha Underground that that their matches are there are producers there that help them out more than they help you? Or they oh, don't, yeah, they yeah, don't have yeah, to abs- no, absolutely. Um, there, there are people there that are like who, who relatively would be that new person, in the business. Like a Chavo, Chavito. Yeah, Chavo. Like, um, so Chavo's there. Paul London, uh, Vampiro. Okay. There's, there's people with experience behind the scenes to lend advice to say uh, Cobra Moon, who I think is is very talented, but only been in the business for two years. Um, and at, at that level, people like that need uh, need, need some guidance. I and I, I think that's the that's where it's relative. I mean, if when I was two years in, if I'm going to have a match on Raw, they better help Johnny Nitro. Sure. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't stink the joint up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I, I just, I always, I, I just think that we need to also be allowed to go out there and sink or swim a little bit on our own. And even if it's live on, on TV, man, that was part of the whole, I mean, the whole concept of Raw was just something like that back that's originally when it were originally you know anything can happen screw ups anything you know yeah that's what raw was all about and it's just it seems like that part only the name is left you yeah know? i totally agree <laughs> it's funny raw well, produced very heavily produced yeah. it's, adult, it's, too, it's too adulterated for me yeah like, you know it, it, i mean it's a great show right you know it's obviously like the the most watched wrestling show in the world yeah but i, I that's one of the reasons i left was because I started to feel like I was, I was, I was always having all these ideas, and um, like I, every week I'd pitch something like I want to have a, a tanning bed match with Sheamus. Loser yes. gets locked in a tanning bed. Um, no, and I understand why that would be a no. I want to have a sure. porta potty match with the Miz. To win, you have to close someone in the porta potty and knock it over. We Were these it. real ideas? Oh, I pitched these. <laughs> I, pitched, I pitched all these ideas, <laughs> and um, it makes sense why like why you couldn't do them, but. And on some, on some level, like I, when I when do you I know left, there's been some really silly, crazy things that they've done that I'm sure people thought were ridiculous ideas. That porta potty match, I'm telling sure. you, they could have gotten over. <laughs> I think it would. It you tease it the whole show. Yes. Everyone's using the porta potty. They have the spotlight on the thing. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, who do it, you pitch these to? Um, do you get to Vince with these? Do you make it to Vince with these, or is there someone in between that? These has didn't to... go. These didn't go. I, I pitched the tanning bed idea to Vince. Uh-huh. And he laughed at it, and um, I don't. I don't even know he was if he thought I was 100 percent serious. But... Oh, 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 very good. Sheamus <laughs> <laughs> <Seamus> is pale. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to come out looking like Brother Love, covered in that uh, that red yeah. that red stuff. Um, but like that was, the words, that, was that, that was that dye that they used to cover pistachios with, I think. But was it? Yeah. <laughs> I never knew what that was. I don't know. It wasn't. It was just a really bad joke on no, my no. behalf. No, <laughs> no. I'm gonna I'm gonna go see if it works now. I'm gonna get that pistachio dye. Yeah. Maybe maybe overdose on whatever that stuff yeah. is. Agent Red or something. So, um, no, no, go ahead. Go oh, I just killed the flow with the pistachio <laughs> joke, man. So good. Devastating. Maybe it's one of those jokes that just gets funnier now. Maybe Long we we'll have to keep going back to that pistachio. Thing. Yeah. So do you have as much creative control of what your character does and says in Lucha? Did you get to come up with Worldwide Underground and Slam Town and all that stuff? Um, so wrestling is always going to be a collaboration. 
the uh, World War Underground, like the group of us, me, Taya, PJ Black, Jack Evans, were were together, and there was a time where we were all trying to come up with names. Yeah, man, I, I have a list somewhere of like twenty ridiculous names, and um, at the end of the day, like I think Stryker coined World War Underground because we were we were debuting and we hadn't settled on a name yet, and he just picked one that he liked. And um, sometimes in wrestling, that's what happens. Yeah, like if you don't if you don't think of your name in time and you don't pick it, you're you're doing the a TV taping, and you got to call your group something. Um, as far as uh, Slamtown, <laughs> Slamtown was was a, was something I made up, and uh, it's a joke that I've got with uh, a buddy of mine, Ryan. Um, it's it's from like another movie that we're working on together called Diablo Steel. That's a a topic for a later podcast. Yeah. But Slamtown was my idea. Singing the the song of Slamtown was was something that I've wanted to do ever since I saw HBK sing his own theme music. Yeah. And um, I think Raw is a collaboration, too. It just for me, my position with Lucha means everyone listens to me more <laughs> than they did when I was uh, John Morrison. Sure. How, how is it working with... Uh, okay, Jack Evans and I, we used to live in the same house together. Really? Uh, yeah, down in Mexico City. I, Dude, we got to send him a picture. lived there, too. Yeah, she, yeah, she told she me that. She lived in my room. Yeah, she, she told me, like... Uh, <laughs> You were you'd already been there for a while, right? When yes. she when she moved in, and um, that was a crazy story. She got signed by WWE, and then um, they changed their minds. So she kind of like started quitting her job and told all her friends she was going to Florida. And then um, they called her out of the blue after that happened and said they didn't want her anymore. <laughs> so wow. she just went to Mexico instead because she'd kind of had already like made up her mind that she was going on this journey to be a pro wrestler. And um, she showed up at your house. Yes, she did. <laughs> Jack, but Jack lived there too. Yeah, and, uh, and we had a great time down there. I mean, I, like I had Jack. some tough times in Mexico. Don't get me wrong, but I had right. some amazing times down there. And Jack was part of a lot of them. He's crazy, man. He'll fight a buzzsaw and give it the first two rounds. Yeah, I stole that from yeah. Gordon Soley. It's a good one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to recycle that. Yeah, I grew up with Gordon Soley, so I have a whole just book full of Gordon nice. Soley cliches. A bag oh, yeah. full of Gordon Soley. That's awesome. Yeah, but Jack Evans, another guy I like you, like uh, incredibly flexible and doesn't get hurt. I he, mean, not that you don't get hurt, but no, you know no, what no, I'm but saying. He like his like the stuff he can do is I, I can't do half the stuff that Jack does. I've never seen anyone move like Jack. No. <laughs> he's he's ridiculous. I saw him on Saturday, and he's still doing all the same uh, sure backflips, twists. He did a uh, he did half his match with a cigarette in his mouth. At a, in Chicago on Saturday, and I was I was just by the, the virtue of the fact that it didn't break or fall out of his mouth, I was like, that was just impressive. Or that, that he was, smokes that so impressive. Or that he smokes four packs of them a day and never blows up in the ring. <laughs> that too. Yeah, yeah. How does he afford? Well, I can see how he affords that in Mexico. The Mexican He'd go cigarettes. broke here. Yeah, there's no yeah. tax. Oh God, I smoked like a chimney in Mexico. Oh, he, everyone does. Yeah, everyone does. I think All it's just part of the culture, right? Like. It is. The, They're a dollar a pack or something like that. I love it when you come back. You come back from a, a show and like a, to the locker room in AAA after the show. Uh, some half the time there's no water. There's no showers. All there no is no shower. Is, Forget this. Don't even yeah. just get that out there's, of your mind. There's no water. There's no shower. Uh, everyone in the locker room is smoking, and there's usually tequila and sometimes beer. Yeah, like, and other things I'm not going to talk right. about. Yeah, <laughs> but I know what you mean yeah. exactly. So it's a. <laughs> There's, there's no choice. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a different kind of culture. Is it hard for you to go there with the persona of being like the American that does lucha better than the lucha guys? No, that's the that's the best reason to go down there. Exactly. I mean, they and also everyone. It's it's like a built-in gimmick. If I come if I come out to born in the USA, immediate heat in anywhere. Um, the mega champion now, Latino Americano champion, and Crucero Mundial. The so I've got all the championships. Hashtag Mexicutioner. Mexicutioner. When I when I come out, it makes it makes every match super fun and easy because the story is so built in, and and also it's it's free for me to do. It's it's not uh, the type of heel gimmick where I have to limit what I do, because no matter what I do, I'm gonna get heat. But you can actually. That's a, the one thing I, I like about wrestling down there is you can actually be a heel. Yeah. And work. You can work like a heel and like right. Yeah, and get really polished as one down there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I it, they're also like the biggest shows that I do are down there now. Yeah. Um, we've got a show, St. Louis Port Sea, on Wednesday. San Luis Port Sea, hometown of El Puerto, El Patron. Right. Uh, and last show I did there was in Monterey, and and all these shows you're drawing between like five and fifteen thousand people. That's right, because they're their TV tapings, which is is crazy to me when you compare that with. Uh, Independent wrestling shows in the United States. I mean, the the only companies you compare that type of attendance to really are WWE and uh, maybe New Japan. Sure, and that's not in the United States. So right. I mean, really, we're only getting WWE drawing anything like that in North America. I think people underestimate how many homes get AAA and watch it. Well, I, and I I tell a lot of people this. There's a ton. Okay, WWE is immensely popular. And, and Mexico, but a lot of people don't understand that there's a certain amount of population there that just doesn't get WWE because they don't have cable television. Yeah. And so the only thing they do get is uh, AAA, and even if they do get WWE, they can't afford a WWE ticket. Yeah, okay? that's the other thing. That's a good point. The only tickets that are, that are you know, uh, Really within range of them getting our our triple A or you know CMLL or you know right or, the, or independent promotions. Out so there is a crossover in fans like, but a lot of them are separate. When I first yeah. went there, Johnny, uh, a lot of people had no clue who I was. So I I had to work to get over. I I, I couldn't work like I was already over. And there's a right. huge difference, man. Huge difference. <laughs> you have to work harder. Damn right. <laughs> you have to work man. so much harder. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, I, I think I had a, I was, had come fresh enough, and maybe they changed the, the WWE deals, so people did know who I was. Yeah. And then, and then, and now the the gimmick that I'm doing down there, like it, it's it's so, it's so built in that if anyone comes out in Mexico City to born in the USA, with an American flag and the title, yeah. like the the place is gonna hate you. Sure. So it, it's a. Uh, we used to use the same formula when I was there. Too, yeah. Right? right. It's it's like it, it's a no brainer. It's always funny when um, they uh, they ask, "Will you say like uh, call the Mexican people all these different things?" And I'm like, "Man, if I say it, it just seems like it's going to be too racist." <laughs> oh no, but that's what they <laughs> that's oh, what they no, tell they you to say, say right? Here, they would hand me like a bag of flour tortillas, and they say, yeah. hey, "Throw these to the crowd when you go out there." Right? And I'd do it, and they'd start. Oh my they, god! Yeah, they so get mad. super hot and throw them back. Yeah. That uh, it, it's it's so funny because I always think like, I hope people. I hope people know this is a show. No, man. <laughs> no, have that. you never gotten any scraps down there with the people? Because I've have. been. Um, I, I think it's changing 
it's it's been changing because I th- I feel like I get mega heat and afterwards usually people just want me to take pictures. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple times where uh, there's been a couple times where so this is a difference between AAA and WWE. Um, I was wrestling Ray in a Piedras Negras, and um, one of the differences. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, some some dude in the first row threw a, a can of beer at me. It uh it hit me in the back and fell down and I was like kind of standing close to him, and um, WWE that guy would again been kicked out, but uh, this is Piedras Negras. So what I did was it's I, a border town, right? It's a border yeah. town. Yeah. yeah, I picked the beer up and I chucked it back at the guy, and it was uh I'm not a very good throw, but this one was a bullseye. I, like nailed him right in the face and like blew it like it splashed all over him and his friends. Yeah, and it, uh, when I looked over there, I was like, oh. Might have been too good because yeah. that guy's embarrassed. And then I looked, and he was with about twenty guys, and um, four of them hopped over the guardrail. And there was only one, like a uh, one little security guard outside that tried to hold them back. And I ran, and then Ray got out of the ring and got got in the way too, and was trying to stop them. And that instigated, well, I wouldn't call it a full blown riot, yeah. but. Um, Pretty much, it started raining like beers and coins and like water bottles and cups, and they they called the match and they had uh, told me to get out of there. And to me, I was like, "That's cool. That's like the most like uh, one of the most real situations that I've been in in, uh, sure. in wrestling." And it's a, uh, it's not like that now. It's I think that's the difference. Like that's that's real heat where like the whole crowd was like. We don't just want to boo this dot, this guy. No, they, we want, they want some. They want <laughs> yeah. some skin. Man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they want some flesh, and that's no joke either. I, I mean, they used to take this like. I'm sure they probably still do. They have the the hot sauce would come in these little plastic baggies. Uh, oh yeah. man, bam! Right yeah. outside the head. Even if it hits you in the back, you got this it big red burning. mark on your back. Yeah, and burn. Ugh. I, there's half a time where Cups I'm getting piss. that's I was about yeah. to say it was like I'm getting hit by all this beer yeah. and I'm like this is warm beer it smell like and I'm like beer hmm, it's not beer <laughs> <laughs> so um, you look in great shape man and, and uh, you've been doing this a while now yeah so how long tough enough three which is how I started was 2003 yeah so it's that 14 years pro wrestler math. It's been about 14 years. I started training in Sacramento um, and uh, started shooting Tough Enough 3 in 2002. So about 15 years, which is which is crazy to think how fast that time just whew, flies by. Um, yeah, 15 years. And I, I still feel like uh, right now I feel like I'm in my prime. Which is just you are cool. in your prime, man. But but like, but physically, like every every year that goes by, I'm still all this training I did for Boone, for example, yeah. kind of unlocked a whole bunch of different physical skills that I would I couldn't do when I was on the road with WWE. And I think part of it's the the time I have to train and rest, and part of it's just like the parts of your brain that are going yeah. thinking of all this weird possibilities and things. But I I feel like. Um, the best for me is is still yet to come, which is which is cool. I hope it stays like that for a long time. Which is why I'd kind of like to see you back in the WWE at some point before it's all over with. How I know about you. Yeah, yeah, man. I know exactly what you mean. I, I think about it all the time. Um, you were you were, were you at uh, Mania last week? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw you, right? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's I'm glad it's not me there's, that's asking no, questions like a million, that anymore. <laughs> there was like, like a hundred, a couple hundred. There's so many wrestlers. Um, 
But uh, every time I'm I'm uh, at Mania doing doing WrestleCon and the signings yeah. and all the things, I, my mind goes there too. I mean, WrestleMania is the the best biggest show of the year, and it's uh, I'm I'm still when I watch it, I feel like I want to be in it rather than just well, watch it. I mean, you're a thoroughbred athlete, John, and and I mean, you want to be showcasing the biggest stage there is when and and I mean, you're worthy of that. And how well, long? Want- you, how how much longer are you under contract, uh, Lucha Underground? Um, loot, it's a, it's kind of funky the way that the contracts work. So there's no specific time, but I'm going to do season four with Lucha Underground. And, um, when, when that's done, I'll, I'll be able to make a decision. Gotcha. Nice, man. Jimbo. Yeah. Come on, man. I caught you with your pants down over Look at there. I'm taking He's, notes over here. Okay. Well, I was going to let you have your... Doodling uh, over there. Drawing, let drawing you, pictures on the notepad. He's going to let Jimbo have his way with you now. How, how are you feeling? I you, feel amazing, John. Yeah, okay. you, look, you look great. Like last Thank time, you. Last time I saw you between then and now... Um, actually, not the last time because that was just a couple days ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but um, you, look, you look toned up. You look... Uh, actually, even before then. Like, you look... Uh-huh. Um, you look like you've been working out. You look like you've been training, and you look a lot happier. Yeah, just all all of those things. Um, I am, and it has a lot to do with uh, what I'm doing right now, sitting here talking to you, and, and uh, you know, all the other uh, great people. Oh God, that sounds so cliche. All the other great guests I've had on here. I don't know. You're it's a host, so freaking true. You, you man. can't help it, but sometimes you have to no, be cliche but, a little bit because I mean, cliches yeah. cliches are based on truth, right? And that and and you Gordon Soli said that. Uh, I think. Maria Maria Menounos and Kevin Undergaro yeah. believing in me and, and uh, me believing in myself, John. Yeah. And loving myself now. I you know, I was telling you like I, I take care of myself. I, I don't put shit in my body anymore. Right. And I it's amazing how much better you take care of something that you like. Yeah. You know, and I didn't like myself. I really didn't. I, f- I feel like, I mean, it's a blanket statement about artists in general, pro wrestlers, actors, performers. Um, I always wonder, for me personally, if some part of the reason that, that I was drawn to, to, no matter what, become some sort of performer, was it because there was some sort of part of me that didn't like me, or I was not enough without that? And I, I don't know. I wonder if that's something that's true for, for artists in general. But I, I know exactly where you're, uh, where you're coming from with yeah. that. And, and, it, and we, I don't know. We don't even realize it. Yeah, I don't. We we really don't. I had no idea that was the issue. Right. I thought it was everyone else. <laughs> I did. Man. I really did. I, yeah. I really did. And I feel I feel bad about it now. But you know, I mean, I think a lot of people go to the same. Shit oh, totally. Whatever. There's the, not to bring up Boone again, but there's yeah. a lot of the stuff. Uh, when I left WWE, it's it's weird because you're identified as a, a WWE wrestler. You're a big part of your identity for me. My whole life was, I was a, a good high school wrestler, or a collegiate wrestler, and then I floated, and then WWE wrestler. And then when that becomes taken away, it's hard to feel like, am uh, am I enough? You know, yeah. am I enough without that? And uh, I never, I don't know if I felt like I was enough mm-hmm. without without. Being WWE superstar John Morrison, if if just John was enough, um, I kind of explored that in, in Boone. Just the idea of where your identity, your in-ring character, and who you are as a person are crossover, and they're the same sure. thing, or are they separate things? Freddie, I mean, are they? Aren't maybe a little of both? I mean, don't they're we, for sure a little of both. And also, I think I have a lot the, of friends the best, that are kind the of best performers, like our 
are like it, you're being you're being yourself. That's that's yeah. when you're the strongest performer. But then uh, when you're out of the limelight, then it then it takes the biggest toll when you're yourself and you put 100 percent out there. And then that's not there. Then a big part of who you are as a person is is undercut and gone. Yeah. Freddie Blassie wrote something in his book like uh, he went to a diner with his mom and uh, the the waiter or something gave him the wrong pancakes or something he said in his book and immediately he just went straight into a promo on this guy it's like this pencil neck geek isn't fit to shine Freddie Blassie's boots got to... and then his mom was like why don't you just be nice to people like right. you used to be when you were a kid and um, he, he wrote something about like he never really thought about it but he'd spent so much time being classy Freddie Blassie that you lose it, yourself yeah exactly yeah um, the idea behind Boone is, is partly like he's this reality show bounty hunter who's become who he is on TV and then when uh, when his friends get in trouble he has to think about like okay well they need time to get real like uh, to be a real hero it's not about having a TV show it's about doing the right thing and um, personally like a, I think that's an issue that wrestlers in general probably entertainers of all sorts end up having to deal with like when when that's gone the limelight the the thing that you're known for especially I mean we're known for our work and what we do in the ring and eventually that's going to be gone. I mean, sure. it's just a the fact of the matter is you can't, you can't perform like that. I mean, for as long as you did, most people don't even get half of the career you had or, or um, even, even me. And, yeah, um, right. and we're still going and still have had so much success. But when that's gone, then, um, then like you said, you have to figure out how to like yourself. Yeah, and you, and you have to be able to continue to dream. The dream, yeah. okay, that dream's over with. Right, you you have to be able to keep on dreaming, and yeah, and I just I know so many people, John, so many friends of ours, of mine, of yours, right? That they they don't, they don't, man, and yeah. it's just over with, and it's like they're done living. It's just they're waiting to die. A lot of them, man. It's really yeah, sad. absolutely, man. And I don't, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I don't uh, know what to do about it. Yeah, man, <laughs> the only thing we can do, man, is like, okay, for me, I can just give people what. What's helped me, yeah, get out, of, get out of the darkness I was in, and yeah. that's all I can give them. And and I think you doing you is the best is sure. the best thing. Yeah, man, for sure. Being our best selves uh, helps other people more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's inspiring. It's cool, dude. It was is when I saw you at PCW. It was cool because I was like, dude, Xbox looks healthy, looks yeah. happy. He's like a whole different guy. Yeah, I've never been like this in my adult life. Yeah. And my whole adult life, even during my um, my successful years, my most successful years, I was always carrying around all this shit, you know. Right. So, uh, I, I sometimes I wonder what I could have done had I, you know, gotten rid of it all earlier. But why do that? Why? Yeah. Well, we can't do that. What you know? if only only Bullshit. set yourself up for yeah. more disappointment? <laughs> so, Jimbo, I know you're chomping at the bit over there, man. Well, with all this inspiring, like motivational talk, I want to know. Have you ever thought of like working with DDP and maybe doing like an out of your mind yoga? Were you here when I was talking about that like oh. uh, earlier? No, why? Um, oh, yeah. I was, I was I talked to Dally yesterday about it. Um, I wouldn't say like a an out of your mind yoga, but I was I was gonna go and I, I still haven't checked out his performance center or his his place in Atlanta. And um, him and I have been friends now for more than a couple of years, and um, we just figured like we'd pick a couple of days. And um, try to shoot some some cool videos for DDP yeah. Yoga, and um, maybe some sort of like Boone the Bounty Hunter DDP Yoga hybrid workout type thing. But the the idea was to just 
go and um, think of something cool to do together with the idea that, like, regardless of what either one of us gets out of it, it'll be a cool experience. It will be. Yeah. And anytime you do something with Dallas, like, uh, it's, come on, man, just being around Dallas is. Uh, He's uh, so positive. Yeah, man. Hey, did that uh, intoxicating positivity? Man. I know. And then when when you talk to him, it's a uh, it's always cool to talk to him because I'm like I, I realize like why he was so successful mm-hmm. in wrestling and with DDP yoga. It's because he. He believes in himself 100% and he's 100% positive all the time. And when he does it, he goes all in. Mm-hmm. With everything. All in, man. Yeah. Did, uh, did he tell you about uh, a movie that he's working on? I think it's going to get picked up. Well, I shouldn't even say who's going to pick it up. Right. But um, he's doing a thing called Gods and Secrets. That's right. Where he plays uh, Nighthawk, which is like yeah. a really dark uh, Batman type character. Um, I'm, in the, I'm in that too. Is uh, one of the smaller roles as Red Talon, his uh, one of his sidekick guys that he trained, and um, we have a couple of really cool scenes together. Um, I don't know when when it's going to come out, but I think it's going to be out sometime this year, and I'm really excited for it. When are you? Uh, when's it going to production? Is oh, we it, shot. Oh, you already shot it. Yeah, oh. we shot it. Um, okay. That's another one. Did like a there's there's one scene where um, the the director uh, is to Stuart Yost and. Adi Shankar, um, super talented dudes, uh-huh. and um, similarly to Lucha, they kind of let me do what I wanted, and um, I did some like crazy like pro wrestling, gunplay, parkour stuff, and it's like there's a couple like a I did, like a Canadian destroyer, and then po- the guy pops up and then shoot him like yeah. six times in the head, like kind of over the top but stylized unnecessary violence nice but for some reason that stuff makes me smile it's just yeah you know you just <laughs> you made know? me think of that movie equilibrium with the gun kata yeah. how sweet was that's, that that's one of the references we were using nice, we, were, we were using man. that movie we were trying to think of like pro wrestling plus equilibrium plus john wick with uh with the type of action we were going for nice and man um i've, I've seen i've seen dallas uh do a couple uh do a couple roles he's 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 a one of the best pro wrestler actors, I think, um, of all time. But does, in, yeah, in this uh, in this movie, he absolutely kills it. Nice, He's so good. I wonder when is it going to go ahead, Jumbo. I was going to say, well, what advice do you have for filmmakers out there that are teetering on the fence of whether or not to put up their house to make the movie that they've been so passionate about working on for the last couple of years? Um, Jimbo's a would be. He's okay. a filmmaker himself. I would say. Uh, Two things. One, um, monetarily, that's a terrible investment. You're probably going to lose your house. But two, if you don't, you're not going to make your movie. Like, Dallas always goes 100% in, and um, that's why there's a DDP yoga. And um, when, I was, when I was making Boone, we shot a sizzle trailer. I spent a year and a half shopping that around and, um, and looking for funding. Um, it just it wasn't going to happen unless I put 100% of myself into it and put everything out there. If I didn't, there'd, I would have a house and no movie. And um, I think that's a decision you have to make. Which would you rather have? It's kind of like telling somebody to put money into wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, you, don't, don't do it thinking you're going yeah, to make a ton of money. It, not like, for the money. Exactly. You, yeah. you better love it. You better love your idea. And you better want to be a filmmaker that better be your life's goal. If uh, if you have if you just want to do this one film, yeah. um, don't don't sell your house. <laughs> but I, I have no regrets. I mean, I don't I don't know what's going to happen with happen with the the movie as as an investment or anything. 
but um, just the fact that it's that it exists and it's out there and the people that have seen it love it um, is, is enough for me and it's yeah and it's yeah. got to help not only like boost your self-esteem with the people you've worked with and that it was an idea and a concept and now it's executed and done and finished but now other people you worked with on that set that are out doing movies called John Hennigan oh man you gotta book him he's amazing he could do this he could do this and you've worn so many hats on that one set that you could do it on any movie absolutely and say the so I did that Hercules movie for uh, for Asylum um, I did another movie uh, maybe six it's already out actually it was maybe six months no it was nine months ago now uh, called Sinbad <laughs> I played Sinbad in a, in a really low budget Sinbad movie and um, when I came on the set, I have 100% patience every day because I know what it's like to be overworked and under-budgeted. And I know exactly what my job is now. If you're going to be the lead of a movie, your job is to make it work. It's, it's not just to show up and having your lines memorized. It's to figure out how you can make your scenes work with the other actors and actresses. And it's how to make the choreography work. If you're going to do the action design, if you're going to do your own stunts, figure out what you can do what you can do that's going to look good with another stunt person or if there's no stunt person with another actor that's that's basically your job if you're going to be the lead of something well and, and since people are going to see you in the movie you would think that uh these people would um would want to take take more of a hands-on you know when it comes to all that totally stuff, john and and i think people do they just don't understand it okay. like um because the the first couple things that i did like I, I never was short of patience, yeah. but I didn't understand like what what responsibility lies with uh, with with if you're if you're pulling the wagon, so to speak. If your picture's on the cover of a movie, it's it's I mean it's not it's always a collaboration, but every set's different. It's like a puzzle, and you've got to figure out how to make the pieces fit. Yeah. And it's not just about showing up with with the lines memorized or or the choreography memorized. It's a uh, there's there's more of like a it's not even a science. There's more of just like a every movie's different and everything takes something different to make it work type of idea that I go on to set with now. Gotcha. Oh man. Oh man. Oh it's man. Like, there's so much we could talk about. We could keep going. I mean, we've kept you long enough. I don't want to keep you any longer. It's up to you guys. Yeah. What do you got, well, Jimbo? Yeah. Well, I Come know on. Macho Man was a huge, or you were a huge Macho Man fan, mm-hmm. so. To have a two-pack made with your action figure and Macho Man's action figure, how exciting was that for you? Um, I've, I've still of all the action figures um, that I've had made of myself, that's that's the only one that I have in my room right now. Really? <laughs> yeah, the Macho Man two-pack. Um, how did that yeah. happen? How do you end up in a they, um, in a package with Mach? when a, they did a like a THQ All Stars game uh-huh. where they were doing. Um, in 2010, like current generation versus uh, past generation superstars, and they were having dream matches. So, Hogan, Andre, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, and they were pairing up the current roster with past generation superstars. Yeah. And um, me and Macho Man ended up in like the most charismatic uh, battle in this video game, and they packaged it as a as a two pack. Um, yeah, there are no words. <laughs> it was it was awesome. Speaking of dream matches, Pacific Coast Wrestling, June 2nd, you're facing RVD. Is this the first time you guys have had a singles match against each other? I wrestled uh, I wrestled Rob in Jersey a couple years back. Um, 
Super excited to work Rob. He's like a, we had a really good match with him in uh, in Jersey, and uh, more so than that, I've always been a huge fan of his. When I when I got to WWE, man, it was maybe I don't know when I was coming up around house shows like 2004 or five. He was one of the people that always um, you never could get any heat with Rob. Like um, right. he like he would come up to you and say like what's up, and then he would always be really positive and encouraging and. Um, I've, always felt that from him that like he was never about like uh the business or the politics he's just always doing his own thing he's always happy he's never and, threatened by others like yeah you know, yeah he never was like when you when you show up like sometimes like the guys in the roster are like oh shit fuck. the ovw guys are gonna come up and they're gonna take someone's spot and blah 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 Nothing, Rob never would ever think like that. He's just like, hey, how are you, man? Like, if you need any advice, like, I'm here. I'll just be over there stretching. Just hit me up if you need anything ever. Um, anyway, uh, aside from that, big fan of his work from even back in ECW. It was when, uh, one of the first times I saw Rob was uh, the stuff he was doing in ECW. And um, being able to work him in Jersey was awesome. And I think the show that we got coming up in PCW is really exciting because... <coughs> What's happening with independent wrestling, just worldwide, I think it's it's blowing up and it's getting bigger. And in Southern California now, we've got Lucha Underground, we've got PWG, we've got PCW, we've got UIPW, we've got tons and tons of, of federations, and PCW is awesome. gaining a ton of momentum. And then, you know, you go up to the Bay Area, you have, you know, yeah. that APW. stuff going. Yeah. APW and no, Big Ten and Wrestling. You, you know, John, you know from when you first started, how desolate the independent scene was out here on the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, especially. Um, so I went to I went to college at UC Davis. And I trained at, in Sacramento Supreme Pro Wrestling. Um, I trained for a little while with, uh, with Donovan Morgan and Mike Modest. Oh yeah, when, Mike um, Modest for they, sure. They split off from APW and formed Pro Wrestling Iron. This is like 2002, and um, it was it was nowhere near the the thing that it is now. Now. It, wrestling is just really hot right now, and PCW is becoming bigger and bigger. And, and I think it's something that, I mean, they're drawing 800 people for per show. I mean, if uh, if it continues the way that it's going, and it turns into a thousand or 1,200 people per show, they're selling out. It could turn into a to a TV show or something even bigger. It's I don't know. It's it's exciting. I, I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, and the thing I like about wrestling right now is you don't have it doesn't have to be a tv show like a yeah. promotion can be a successful promotion without a uh you know a time slot on a, on a exactly without somewhere. and and also for me it's kind of cool that a uh, pcw just started running that building in wilmington yes. and when I, I came i said that i grew up like like not even 10 minutes from there like right in san pedro uh-huh. like uh it's I've ne- i didn't even think that Driven by that spot, like um, just when I was a kid, like on the way to Target, yeah. <laughs> right. and uh, to think that there's like a crazy successful independent wrestling promotion there now is uh, is mind mind blowing. To think that it's going to sell out so people can see you wrestle Rob Van Dam in the main event at the next show. Yeah, it's it's, it's nuts. You've been experiencing, uh, uh, well, you've been wrestling on on independent shows around around the country, like. The you've you've noticed the that's uh, gotten healthier everywhere, right? Big time, yeah. yeah. It's a uh, it's crazy in the UK right now. 
maybe more so, I think it's hotter than anywhere else anywhere. possibly in the UK yes. it's so hot right now over I there. think that's I think that's the the where the, like to the be the capital of, the of wrestling right now yeah. is the UK if you 200 think, or so wrestling promotions that are all doing very well and the UK is is not like landwise it's not a big place no. like the per capita like the amount of people that are going to independent wrestling shows in the UK um, probably more than anywhere but yeah. from a Wrestle Circus in in Austin to Pro Wrestling Revolver to AAW the show I did in Chicago on Saturday. Um, these these places are selling out uh, venues, not not stadiums, but venues from between five hundred to a thousand seats. Yeah. And um, and sometimes those are the the most fun shows to be a yeah. part of. Like a, a hot crowd that sold out of seven hundred people is to me more fun than like a half full stadium. Oh God, yeah. yeah. A lot right? of times it, it's oh, it's more fun. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I. What's kind of cool to me is seeing the the stars that are that are popping up that have never been in say WWE or like yeah. TNA or something that are like okay Willie Mack for instance you know he became oh, a star uh, people love him and you know he's never been Willie uh, Mack to me is like a. One of the most talented dudes anywhere, yeah. and his his story. Have you ever had him on this? Yeah, I have. Oh, I cool. know. I knew Willie when when he was. I like. I met him. When, I went to. I went to talk to his class when he was in high school. Really? Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. That's a whole different story. Dang, that's that crazy. About, yeah. I gotta. I gotta look up your uh, the, the 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 show with Willie Mack oh, yeah. and listen to it. Yeah, it was um, a really good show actually with him. But. His uh his life story to me is super inspiring, and it's not just like a a story about here's a guy. Who uh, who made it into pro wrestling? He didn't just make it. He's one of the most talented guys I've been in the ring with, yeah. and he's got a like a specific kind of intangible charisma that I think you you go through the life that he's been through. That's why he has it. That's because right. You can't just you can't just it's teach just, that to somebody. No. He's he's got something that you can't you can't learn. Um, the when we come back from hiatus, yeah. um, season three of Lucha Underground, the first match back on May thirty first. Is an Iron Man match between me and Willie Mack, and dude, it's one How of the long? best matches of my career. It's an Iron Man. It's a full it's an all night, the long full match. episode, the yeah. full like almost an hour. Yeah, yeah, it's the full hour. So, and you know, Willie doesn't. He doesn't even go to the gym. I know. I don't know why I'm whispering that because <laughs> I mean, I'm not. It's no secret when, now. In the in the build up to the match, I was I was making fun of Willie for not going to the gym, not working out. But during the match, I'm like, I'm so tired. Then, really doesn't even look like he's exactly, hard. Right? Isn't that insane? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that just insane? Like, I mean, how, explain that. <laughs> I, I don't know. No, I don't know how I to can't. explain, you can't explain right. it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they say you couldn't pass physical wellness policy. Yeah. I, <laughs> what? I, I think that's be. I think sometimes well, it's not, they I, just it's, change their mind about stuff. Yeah. But I, I was sad. I, okay. Yeah. I don't want to get another, off. Another topic, but yeah. I, I agree, man. He's, uh, like you said, as far as. Seeing people in independent wrestling make it, um, and the, the opportunities that Willie's got now, um, is is one of the coolest things about how hot independent wrestling is. Yeah, he can make a living now. Uh, yeah, as a professional wrestler, and he should like a, yeah, right. he should be making a really good living doing yeah. this. Yeah. So, so where can people go if they want to find you and learn more about Boone and see Boone premiere and watch it? Or should they? Okay, so for information about me, Twitter at the Real Morrison, Instagram at John Hennigan. Facebook. My Facebook page is John Morrison. There's a bunch of fakes, but the one that I post on has the most likes. 
Um, <laughs> that's probably your best bet for finding information about me yeah. and Boone the Bounty Hunter because I am uh, constantly posting updates about Boone. We have a screening in Chicago on April 23rd. We're going to have a screening in Los Angeles. Do you know where you're going to have May 1st. Um, I was just talking to someone on the way over here about where we're, we're trying to lock down theaters. I don't know if you've looked into screenings in L.A., but they're expensive. How big of a, how big of a place do you need? Um, maybe you can use the place that maybe you can use the place that Ron and I, Ron Funches and I, are doing our get high and watch wrestling party. Okay, do you know about that? I don't. No. Yeah. What's, what's this? Let's. Get we're gonna get high and watch wrestling. wrestling. I'm in. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about that after. Okay. Cool. We've, we've, we made a I made a bid on a theater in uh, Van Nuys, and um. I don't have it's not nothing's locked down yet, but as soon as it is, um, both you guys um, are invited for sure. Cool, awesome. and I hope hopefully I have a part in uh, the sequel. Absolutely, <laughs> right heck on. yeah, that'll awesome. dude, that'd be amazing. Nice, thank yeah. you so much, man. I love it, dude. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it's you been, coming. It's uh, been an honor catching up with you. Honor's all mine, man. We'll be right back here on X Pac One Two Three Sixty. Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. We want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360. That was our interview with Johnny Mundo. The one and only. Yeah, Formerly man. known as John Morrison. I still haven't seen the movie yet, man, and uh, and I really want to because, like I was saying, um, like Nick Hausman from WrestleZone said, it was it was great, and uh, he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't BS me. No. But I you know, and I really enjoyed talking to Johnny about you know all the uh, the fights, the, yeah. the fight, the movie Chinese fights opera school, Chinese and opera, yeah, everything. It was a great interview. Yeah, and uh, does it, I don't think I've introduced everyone to no? uh, Baby Lula yet. What you doing, itchy scratchy? Huh? Oh. Anyways, we rescued her on Thursday. Stephen Stephen Lemieux. From here after Buzz and Kevin Undergaro came and helped, and um, she was just wandering in the streets, delirious, almost getting hit by cars, and on Balboa Avenue and uh, Balboa Boulevard. Sorry. Um, anyways, her poor little jaw is broken permanently. She can't close her mouth, or she's blind in one eye, and just—I've never seen a dog more abused personally. It's just so heartbreaking. It just—she's so really she found someone like you off. that loves. Yes, and now she's she's okay now. She's happy now. We love her. And uh she's got a good family. Yes, now. and mm-hmm. she has an Instagram and you can follow her on Instagram <laughs> at it's baby Lula. I T S Baby Lula. L U L A. Where'd you come up with that name? Uh Ashley Daniels. Oh, oh Lula. The name Lula? Yeah. Oh, uh Kevin came up with it. Oh. He paid the vet bill, so he came up with the name. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that makes sense. Kevin, I mean you should have seen how, like, because she wasn't having any of it as far as, like, us taking well, her. Well, Steven told me she was very aggressive yes. until you guys brought out the wet food. And yes. I was just like, oh, thank she God these so people scared. are here to help. She yeah. was just so scared. And then and Kevin came and he knew exactly what to do. And, you know, he put the, the leash around her and uh, and that while, while we were feeding her. And, I mean, it was just, and it's over with now, sweetheart. Yeah. No more suffering. No more okay. assholes to hurt you. So uh, follow her on Instagram. At it's baby Lula, oh. and you can follow me at the real Xpoc on Twitter. Nice and, uh, and Instagram at Xpoc one two three sixty and Facebook at Xpoc one two three sixty show. 
And you can follow me at TK Trinidad on everything. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the booth. Buy my documentary, The Young Bucks Too Sweet Journey at highspots.com. We'll guess, be back next week. Yeah, man. I guess that's it, right? Yeah. Well, we'll see you next week right here on X-Pac 12360. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, Kevin Undergaro, show producer Jimbo Frank, managing editor of AfterBuzz Wrestling, Christy Olsen, and managing producer of AfterBuzz Wrestling, Mark Medonica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff. We would like to thank you for tuning in. Feel free to like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow XPOC on Twitter at TheRealXPOC and email us at XPOC12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!